I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Man, I've been watching it kind of like while I was working here. I'm going to lunch right now. But I was watching it, and he's just <laughs> – Oh man, that that uh, you're already seeing MSNBC, CNN going out there and being like, "Well, it seems like uh, Fanny should probably step down fairly quickly in this because obviously she seems to be complicit in this whole deal." And blah blah blah. So they're panicked that like number one, they're going to get crushed in this in Georgia, Fulton County. But number two, that it's going to tank the entire case. That's why they're that's why they're out there now saying before probably before completion that. They should step down so they can maintain the investigation. I don't think it's going to work. Well, especially if this was a stemming thing that started before she was the special prosecutor, because she should have disclosed that. What's Norm Eisen saying about this? I I don't know. Well, I would ask you to look, Jack, but you're blocked. (laughs) Yeah, not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't. I've been trying to catch up on all the stuff that we've been talking about and and looking into and putting together over the last few years. Uh, Trying to keep up with that, that Mr. Color Revolutionary, Mr. Nonsense, I have not paid attention to. Dude, what is the scissor feature I have on my thing? You can clip. uh, Yeah, so I think I think they're going to be start setting it up so you can clip. I think it's part of, it's probably a feature that they're going to use like for the video spaces. So you can like clip. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm going to get a couple tacos for lunch here. So if you want to start up a space, so I don't know the direction to take it. I mean, we can talk about what's going on in Georgia, although it's, I mean, we pretty much are all kind of caught up on that. There's all kinds of things that are coming out. I just really want to know why Iran made the statement today that they were taking the Arctic. Like, you know, like, why today? I think they're just flexing on the Biden administration because they're weak. Like, I think that's only it. That's my gut on the whole thing. Because Biden administration's weak, so they're flexing on them. And there's a, that treaty, I thought, did it expire? Like, I don't even think that we... I th- maybe that's what they're, I don't know. I can look into that a little bit more. Maybe somebody knows, but I thought they were just flexing, but I just remember seeing something that that treaty doesn't even, it's, it's expired or whatever. Well, last night, Trash, um, not that this, this is a total change of topic, but uh, Restream actually uh, took our video down and censored us last night um, after forcing us to have a Ukraine banner around our live stream earlier in the week, when we started mentioning Jesus and Mike Max space last night, they took down the, the restream and then deleted the whole video and told us it wasn't available anymore. Like our restream. Who's reached like what, what platform? Restream. Oh, I don't know anything about them. Is it like a, is it like a, the other kind Gavin. Of I see Gavin down there. Do you know about Restream? Because apparently they're, it's like a Ukrainian company or something as we're looking into it. But if maybe Gavin knows, he can come up. But we're still looking into it, Trash. But yeah, as soon as we did that Jesus thing last night, they like literally deleted us. Is it like, is it like uh, Streamlabs? Well, what I can say is if Restream's playing games, 
then you guys just need to get OBS. That's a, a free software and it doesn't do any of this stuff, but I'm glad to know early on that Restream's doing this kinds of censorship because it just shows you the layers are never ending. You know, you think, oh, I got kicked off of Facebook and YouTube, so I'll just restream the Rumble. Not, right? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, but it's, okay, so is Restream a similar to company to, like, Streamlab, where you can stream to multiple different platforms? Yes. Okay, gotcha. But you can do the same thing with OBS without the headache. Yeah, exactly, noted. That's for sure. Because I'm going to start probably streaming this year. Um, I've had a lot of requests for it. And now that we can get started getting video, I'm going to start trying to integrate other platforms and, and streaming and things. So I will start doing that. With, but I mean, obviously, Spaces will be kind of the hub. I'll probably do other content once I start getting that set up. But uh, OBS noted. Jen, can you take over for a second? I'm going to order my tacos. Yeah, I just... I'm also eating lunch right now. Sorry, Josh, <laughs> but I can do it. Just give me one second. Jack, can you talk for a sec? Uh, sure. What do you, uh, what do you want me to say? All right. I guess I could just, um, no, you're good. Up. I just need, I literally had just taken a bite when trash was like, Oh, can you take over for a second? I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> right, right. Oh, well. It seems like uh, Mark Elias is targeting Bannon. Tra uh, Jack, did you see that? Uh, no, I did not. I um, I don't know. I've kind of been uh. When was this? Last night and this morning, saying that he's living rent free in Bannon's head. Mm. I haven't seen it. If I did, I probably would have posted. I have. I have one. In, I have a uh, the clown Giphy of him too. If you want to see that. Yeah, send it over to me. I'll look at it. So, did anyone watch the the uh, the court this morning with with in Georgia? The thing that it was absolutely blowing my mind is it's looking like the bar association in Georgia is complicit in helping cover this up by trying to make it that, oh, the attorney can't speak about anything. He spoke with uh, an attorney. It's all, it's all privileged, even if it's confidential and, you know, important to this case. And not only that, but if you look into the way they were doing the money where he would go buy, you know, uh, tickets or, or a trip to a cabin or something like that, and she'd pay him back with cash, and then the firm was paying him. It's looking like the law firm was actually trying to money launder the money between Fanny and her boyfriend. He was a disaster on the stand, like a complete disaster. Not looking good for them at all, at all. And I mean, that honestly should get the case thrown out, right, Gavin? Yeah, because it could well, because in because the problem is is that the defense could all argue that this was hashed together by between two lawyers, right? And one of the lawyers pretty much got caught lying in an affidavit. Her, you know, her alleged boyfriend got caught lying in an affidavit, 
because he went back and corrected it with a second affidavit after it was pointed out that he was lying. So he can't even be considered a credible witness at this point. So how, how does that not give the defendant's attorneys unfair advantage, right? So that means they'd have to represent the case, but then they could argue that the case was originally brought forth with unclean hands. So, and I don't know how they recover this, actually, just to be honest. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you can make the simple argument that the fruit of the poisonous tree, right? Like, well, if they're, if these people are bringing all this quote unquote evidence to court, but it seems to be number one, that it was political in nature. And number two, they seem to be also doing this for their, their own self-serving interests. I don't know how you couldn't argue that basically anything that presented by the court by actual on the record known liars and, and, and collaborators, you couldn't get that case thrown out. Now, here's another thing that I wanted to add to because I noticed this when I was watching it today. McAfee is a younger guy. Like what kind of what kind of reputation does he and what kind of career does he want to maintain moving forward even after these cases? So it should be interesting to see how he's so far he's been handling it pretty strong um, against uh, Willis and Wade or how, how I like to call them Fanny Pants and Nathan's Hot Dog. So I've been calling them lately. But, yeah, that's, that, that should be interesting. I mean, that case should be thrown out. How Trump was treated, the freaking the um, the mugshot. It was just a parade to begin with. And honestly, like, just go back and look at Fanny's history. Like, she she wasn't like a good person to begin with. So I don't know. She ran on the platform to get elected that she was going to lock up Donald Trump. She ran on the platform that that was really the only platform she ran on. They've obviously mishandled things all the way through this. They're then bringing on an attorney, Nathan Wade, who at best, you can't even really call him an ambulance chaser, at best handles name changes and one accident um, to be what, what, what lead prosecutors in an 18-person RICO case? And then with all the other things, this currently happening right here, right now? I mean, if MSNBC and CNN are saying, oh, yeah, they're done, they're done, done. And now they're trying to figure out a way to maintain that case in court and get them out get them out of there. Yeah, but it also seems that the Alvin Bragg case has finally had a date set of March 25th. I thought that one was, like, dead. Apparently not. I think it's the Jack Smith case that's dead. It's about to be. Because now he's asking for unconstitutional things to rush rush to trial, all these deals. And um, I would suspect that, that one's probably dead. But again, that's in front of Judge Shutkin, so I I wouldn't hold my breath on that. All of these are basically dead. Hey, Aaron, how's your day going today? My day is going pretty good. That's good. Sorry, guys, I'm really trying to eat tacos and talk, but I'm hoping more people can jump in. I'll tell you what, why don't we pivot? So 
yesterday we saw what happened in Kansas City, which is an absolute tragedy. Uh, I think the only person I saw besides myself talking about how rough Kansas City really is with gang violence and everything else. And people really think they don't understand. And most people don't pay attention to the Midwest. Well, I have a lot of family in Kansas City and I've lived there at one point. And there are parts of Kansas City, Missouri that are absolutely horrific. Uh, gang violence to the roof. And so we and then we saw the, the, the Russian space nukes, which is interesting because what I'm going to talk about what Dan pointed out on the show today, which I remember this. And I'm going to tie something that he didn't tie that I think I would like to talk about. This has to do with Tucker and Putin. But before I get there, um, and we all felt like it was a distraction. Well, what was also going on was they were supposed to be having a hearing today on the 702 FISA renewal. And I found it interesting that this Mark Turner, Mike Turner comes out and says, oh, we've got we've got intelligence. We need to release it to the public. It's a national security emergency. Willing to, willing to do what Russia doing with Russian mil, military uh, stabilization or destabilization. It's like, okay, so we've got this shooting that we're looking at. We're looking at this all of a sudden these Russian space nukes, which turned into actually most likely uh, having to do with the hypersonic uh, programs, which I'm going to get into. And I talked about this three, four years ago, but I mean, it's just there's been so much since then that it's kind of no point in visiting it. But Dan visited it today. And it's really interesting. Um, but one of the things about that Pfizer renewal now is it was set for today. And then about five hours later, uh, Congress is basically recessing for like a week or until like March 1st. And they've pushed the debate. Why? Because of all the Obama, I believe, because of all the Obama CIA spygate stuff that's being renewed in the media again. And it looks very bad for Pfizer. And they started winning that debate where they were not going to maybe possibly not renew FISA. So they pushed it. Really interesting stuff going on. I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. What was going on yesterday with Thomas Massey? He, I saw you reply to what he said that the Speaker Johnson yanked the, yeah, I don't remember what it was, yanked the bill to what exactly? They're postponing it. So right now you've got, Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, Alex, Alex Gutentag, bringing out into the public again the entire Russiagate Spygate story. I was watching Matt Taibbi's Racket News uh, YouTube yesterday, and he's basically breaking down the story, which uh, most of this stuff, all this stuff that if you've been investigating this stuff, we this is not there's nothing new that I saw yet. It is interesting that they did put out the list of 26 names uh, that were being watched. Uh, that was that only barely made it out to the public. But essentially, the biggest piece and like the linchpin that linked all these different little groups and intelligence agencies and five eyes and various different people were the the, the FISA warrants on the steel from the steel dossier and the fake uh, investigation into like Carter Page, Michael Flynn, all this stuff. And essentially that was done through FISA. Right. And they falsified documents to the FISA court to get that FISA warrant issued. It's a big problem. And so right now, as of today, they were supposed to be having the debate on whether or not to renew the 702, the FISA. And obviously, the people that don't want FISA around anymore were winning the debate. And it feels like it feels like something happened. A deal was made and they punted to March 1st. I don't know that's going to help it at all. 
But that at least appears to be why they booted it until March 1st. And that's what Thomas Massey was talking about. What What do you think motivated the speaker to push it off till a later date? Why not have the conversation right now? What would motivate him? I don't know. The thing is, and this is something that we talked about during the speaker race all week when we had those speaker race um, when we had those speaker race uh, spaces. Nick, myself, Jen, um, we had many Congress people in there, and they and they all said the same thing, and I agree with it. Once you become speaker, there are deals that constantly and always need to be made, and it seems to me, for whatever reason, he had to make some kind of deal or something to push it off. Um to get something else done. But his voting record so far, and especially his statement about the bill that passed in the Senate to fund Ukraine and Israel, so on and so forth, Mike Johnson went out publicly and said, that's dead. That is dead. We're not taking it up. It's dead. There's nothing about the border in there. We're not doing it. So his record here is good. I don't know what kind of deal he had to make, but when you're in the center of the fundraising apparatus and you're the third most powerful person in the country and you have to negotiate with all the different factions of all the different parties. Sometimes shit like this happens. Again, I can only go on the record so far, seeing what he's done. I'm not unimpressed. I was not unimpressed when he was a ref out of Louisiana, just a ref out of Louisiana, especially in the Missouri v. Biden censorship investigations in front of the committees in, in, in Congress. He's been spot on. He's done a lot of work with Jeff Landry, who is now the governor down in Louisiana, who also was the attorney general at the time that helped bring the Missouri v. Biden case to the Fifth Circuit. And so, I, I again, I'm not all the way out on Mike. I know some people are, but people like to react a lot. I kind of like to look at the bigger picture. I can't speak for why it, they, they punted, other than the fact of ain't no way FISA was going to pass, given the temperature this week with all the fire hose of revisiting information that was once suppressed, ignored, or they tried to debunk. So we'll see. But What we truly need is a bill that would not only eliminate FISA, but would also eliminate the Patriot Act altogether. All this kind of spying, just not, not only don't renew it, but actively go against it by introducing a bill that gets rid of all of the blow, all of it. Well, Jack, I know hold you on. To say something. This is also coming on the heels of Tucker Carlson saying that he had interviewed Ed Snowden. This week, so was it Ed Snowden had to do with the FISA stuff? I think the elephant in the room is that basically by us not giving money to Ukraine and Israel, they won't be able to use Israel's space lasers to shoot down Russia's space nukes. I think that's really the issue. I mean, honestly, I'm really pissed off that they use space nukes, and everyone was like. And then it comes out, oh, no, we were just kidding. We were just trying to get, you know, FISA pass. Sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> Well, what's interesting about that. All right. Let me eat my last little, little piece of taco here. And I'm going to start dropping some articles down below. Dan Bongino talked about it on the show today. I didn't clip it. I didn't have time. Um, but I think it was a good I think it was a good point to note, because this is something that actually, Jen, believe it or not, we talked about this very, very briefly in a space last year, and I can't remember what it was about, but I brought this up because it was basically like the Russian Silicon Valley and how essentially Hillary and Obama basically sold a lot of our state secrets to this 
to this Russian Silicon Valley group. And this was reported on, my God, it was reported on back originally in, I think, 2010. And then again in like 2015. So I'm going to pull those articles up. And because I have some additional context I'd like to add to it that I think is important to know, given that uh, that response yesterday, if you guys saw it, uh, Vladimir Putin was doing an interview and he said, I really wish Tucker would have asked tougher questions. I was ready for it. I was prepared for it. That same interview that that he said uh, that he said, I, I, I would rather have Biden in office. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. I mean, that's the problem is I think everything got shared, right? All this salacious stuff, especially when Hillary was running and then they like censored it. So no one can find it or they don't know what to look for. So people are finding these articles and being like, wait, what? Wait, this was talked about already? Like, uh, we need to repost some of the stuff from 2016. I'm convinced because there was so much salacious stuff in that Hillary Clinton when she was running that. I think a lot of people just forgot about it. Yeah. And the reason that I'm conflating um, the Tucker interview with the Russian nuke story with the fire hose of information coming out this week, let me go find these two pieces. But if you remember, who's, who helped start the Daily Caller? Anybody remember? Tucker. 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 Yeah. I'll be right back. Well, why he's doing that. The Simon Ataba guy um, is reporting that there was an explosion and blast that rocked Eastern Market in D.C. possible train derailment. The video is pretty crazy. I'll put it up in the nest. Not sure what that is. I don't know if you nice guys Nice sound saw. effects, Jack. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. I don't know if you guys saw Tucker in the Russian grocery store and he shows how much groceries cost in Russia compared to in the United States. And <laughs> some people, some people are trying to say that this is, this is Russian propaganda. I'm like, no, no. If you don't like it, then you have to ask your leaders, why is it in Russia better? Why are, and why isn't Russia the groceries better than the United States? If you don't like it, don't say it's Russian propaganda. Try to fix the problem here. Stop, stop trying to, stop trying to blame others for your own problems. You got problems here. Your leaders have betrayed you and you better get wise to what's going on. Oh my God, Jack, what is up with the sound? Enough with the sound effects, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just, this is my first time ever using it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm just so I'm just trying I'm just trying to see what each one of these things sounds like. Okay, well don't I'll do stop. it because Trash is gonna boot your ass, Jack. I right, yeah, I'll stop. It's a little too early for the pandas to be biting. Don't force him, Jack. Right, sorry, I'm trying to find the article. I found the 2017 article that that references a lot of this stuff. <clears throat> um but this is in regards to the Skolkovo Innovation Center. And what's interesting about this is that they were developing a hypersonic missile, but it appears to be that the Clintons actually sold these secrets out to the Russians and the Chinese way back when. And that's why I find it interesting that they're talking about this technology. So again, just give me a couple minutes, guys, if you guys could filibuster a little bit. 
I'm trying to find that 2010 article. It, it, it was sure. a while ago. Sure, I can help you filibuster. So since we're on the subject, it's this is probably you probably guys already already know this, but since we're filibustering, here's something interesting: that in the 90s when Clinton was running, he gave up this, and this is this is all very well documented. He gave up our scientists to the Chinese to help them figure out how to get the rockets off the ground because. If you guys know, can remember, in the 90s, the Chinese were trying to get missiles off the ground, uh, rockets, specifically nuclear weapons, off the ground, and they weren't able to. So the Clintons gave, gave them the scientists, uh, the rocket scientists in particular, so they could start, so they could finally figure out how to manufacture rockets so it should actually be effective. And in return, the, Clint the Clintons received millions of dollars in their campaign money and this is actually pointed out in Ann Coulter's book Tree not treason and her first book High Crimes and Misdemeanors where she talks about the impeachment for Bill Clinton and it's quite it's quite an interesting read because it, she not only talks about the legal challenges of the what's ha of of what's her name, Monica Lewinsky and all that. She, of course, she talks about that, but she also talks about, well, there are also a whole bunch of other scandals that most people don't, didn't even talk about, such as the, the post, uh, there's a post office scandal where he, uh, sorry, a postmaster scandal where he hired and fired certain people who are particularly loyal to him. There's a whole bunch of things. So one of the things is that the Clintons, they gave to the Chinese a whole bunch of information on how to get the rockets off the ground. And I would say that that I would say that that is a treasonous act only because we didn't get anything in return. There's not. It's not like we struck a deal with the Chinese. Okay, we'll teach you how to do this, which is by the way, we shouldn't be teaching them anything. But it's not like we got any benefit out of it. It was specifically to beneficial to the Clinton campaign, not to the country as a whole. Well, and that's throughout history. That's it. Always benefits the Clintons and nobody else. That's how they do business. So, Trash, did you so, unmute? Oh. Yeah, I found it. I found it. Right. So it was an original Washington Examiner piece in 2012 that they came out with this. Uh, and then Daily Caller reported on it. That is, I can't find the Daily Caller and the Washington Examiner article is gone. But the 2017 piece I put up in the nest from Daily Caller references a lot of the stuff that I needed to talk about anyway. So just bear with me here for a minute because I'm going to walk to this. Because like I said, Dan covered this on his show today, but I think he can go further. So... Basically, starting in May 2010, the Washington Examiner reported, drawing on emails obtained by Citizens United, that, quote, Clinton Foundation staff pushed Hillary Clinton's State Department to approve a meeting between Bill Clinton and a powerful Russian oligarch as her agency lined up investors for a project under his purview. His name was Victor Vexelberg of Renova, a Clinton Foundation donor, and the project under his purview was the Skolkovo Innovation Center, which was being built near Moscow. The following month, Bill Clinton would receive $500,000 for a speech in Moscow from a Renaissance Capital, a Russian investment bank with ties to the Kremlin, a Clinton Foundation donor, a Skolkovo executive, which talked up Uranium One, which, by the way, they all helped in this deal for Uranium One. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, whose sale uh, the Clinton State Department would approve and whose executives together contributed $145 million to the Clinton Foundation. Shocker. The shocking set of emails that the Examiner reported, and I remember, I remember talking about this years ago. I, was, I think I was talking about this on Facebook. The shocking set of emails on the Examiner reported 
shows the nexus of Bill and Hillary's Clinton Foundation, Hillary's Clinton State Department, Bill Clinton, Russian oligarch Vexelberg, and Skolkovo, Russian's Silicon Valley, the, to, the Putin project to transfer Western, Western, listen to this, the Putin project to transfer Western technology to Russia that was championed and driven by Mrs. Clinton. And, you, and what do you know? 17 out of 28 tech companies that hitched up with Skolkovo also contributed to the Clinton Foundation. What a coincidence. Meanwhile, Barack Obama's support for Russian WTO membership, World Trade Organization, made the whole global flow so much easier. No wonder herd media, the Uniparty Congress and FBI Director James Comey never noticed a thing. Oh, except that Putin, quote, hated Hillary Clinton and wanted to do her harm, as Comey told Congress this week. Grr. Maybe, just maybe, hypersonic, hypersonic technology wasn't enough, but I'm getting ahead of the story. Let's pick up. So here's this is we're going to go back to the story here. So let's pick up on an army report on Skolkovo written in 2012, released in 2013 to assess, quote, the implications for U.S. policymakers. Although military activities are not an official cluster of activity, the Skolkovo Foundation has, in fact, been involved in defense related activities since December of 2011 when it approved the first weapons related project, the development of a hypersonic cruise missile engine. The project is a response to the U.S. Department of Defense's Advanced Hypersonic Weapon, part of the Prompt Global Strike Program. Now, fast forward to November 2016. Shortly after Donald Trump was elected president, when the U.S. Air Force released the report on, guess what, the Russian and Chinese hypersonic missile threat to the United States, quote, the United States is vulnerable to future attack by hypersonic missiles from China and Russia and is falling behind in the technology race to develop both defensive and offensive high-speed maneuvering arms, according to a new Air Force study. This is in 2016. Quote, the People's Republic of China and Russian Federation are already flight testing high-speed maneuvering weapons, HSMWs, that may endanger both forward-deployed U.S. forces and even the continental United States itself. These weapons appear to operate in regimes of speed and altitude, with maneuverability that could frustrate existing missile defense constructs and weapon capabilities. All right, so I can keep going into this and talking about Basically, all of the corruption, all the money of this same group that that did the deal for Uranium One, the same group, the Clintons, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton and Obama and all these people that were involved in and basically selling out our Western technology and IP to China and Russia. And then they started using this technology and we didn't. And they're saying Skolkovo is an ambitious enterprise aiming to promote technology transfer generally by inbound direct investment, blah, 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 blah. So we can keep going on with that. But essentially, this is it. So Hillary Clinton and her State Department, the Clinton Foundation, Bill Clinton, did much to make Skolkovo possible, did much to activate what was, according to the Army report, arguably a massive clandestine industrial espionage, espionage operation. Not that any of this is in the past, the Plain Sight Research uh Research come collusion with the Russian government goes on and goes on unchecked. And despite the Obama administration's supposedly hard as nails, cold as ice, tough on Russia finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on and on, as we know, it's all bullshit because they were all very, very deep in bed with Russia. So like this Russia phobia stuff that Donald Trump, Russia, Russia, Russia is really interesting. But I just wanted to note <clears throat> they haven't necessarily confirmed that there were space nukes. That's something they were talking about. Uh, I, I think Dan's correct in suspecting what they're actually talking about is the hypersonic program that they have that Hillary Clinton herself, Obama, Bill Clinton, and several other people leached our Western IP to adversarial nations of ours at that time. And this is a report that was probably circling around and going to come out. And it makes you wonder why they did this 
And I think it's because of how damaging revisiting Spygate, Russiagate is without censorship tools in place, without legacy media having the power that it had at the time that it had to shape and craft a narrative and be able to have control over the general narrative in the public. And this is why it's so damaging. And it was going to be damaging to FISA. And I would just say this. I think what Putin was talking about with Tucker, because remember, this is Daily Caller. Remember, that, that, that's, Tucker Carlson helped, helped start that, which means he knew about this story. And then you had Putin come out saying, well, he could have asked tucker, tougher questions. I was prepared. And it just makes me wonder what was in that silver uh, binder that he gave Tucker on that interview. And I just have some questions. And I just wonder if this panic coming out of the Hillary camp, we're seeing Norm Eisen and Mark Elias and all these people. We're seeing what's going on with Ukraine. And it just makes me wonder and ask a couple questions. Is this all related? And I think it is. 100% related. And here's some stuff that you could even put in the context. So my dad was one of the directors of market. He was a uh, marketing director for Lockheed Martin in the mid-90s. And after Russia had collapsed, he witnessed contractors give to China and Russia the tech you're talking about. And he quit over it. And when we started working at InfoWars, he was like, hey, we need to circle back to this because I'm going to give you some information. Tell the Trump administration, go dig up those rockets that North Korea is launching over Japan. And he says, I'll bet you money you'll find that those are uh, Lockheed Martin patent components coming out of certain factories in China. Now, here's what, I, and by the way, he lost his security clearance from me and Millie getting our job in InfoWars. Even though he wasn't active with it, it impacted him. What, and that what he, the, the main point he wanted to drill into me about the issue with the hypersonics is that we were sitting back letting Russia and China develop our own hypersonic technology while we were blowing our wad, as he would put it, on aircraft carriers and aircraft. Now, what's stunning from his perspective about aircraft carriers is they're extraordinarily expensive. And what do they require? extraordinarily expensive jets to put on top of it. And he says, and what's the biggest problem? It's a perfect target for a hypersonic missile. So what I would wager is that what happened under the Clinton administration, what Hillary's part of, with the Uranium One, what all this is, is there's a secret, clandestine, assured destruction memorandum of understanding that they get to have the hypersonics, we get the aircraft carries and the jets so that they could compromise us, we could compromise them. And what the caveat, you ready for this? Is that Russia, China, and the United States all shared intelligence together to make sure no one was breaching the deal. And I'll bet you it's in that cluster where the Spygate stuff was not only witnessed, but two other countries could testify it, a.k.a. Vladimir Putin. I agree. And what a, what a perfect context to add something that, that I wouldn't be able to add in context. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, that's spot on. I love it.
I mean, I hate it. I mean, we are being, we have been sold out. Our national security has been sold out. That's why we're completely compromised. That's why the Sidney Blumenthal's of the world, the, the mouthpieces for the legacy media, uh, the, leg, the, the mouthpieces for the military industrial complex and intelligence communities, and all of them in lockstep. That's why they're all out there the same way, because everything is connected within itself. And what they did to Donald Trump and 26 other Americans, uh, civil liberties in this country, is absolutely a seditious conspiracy. And as I've been saying, Jen, as we've been talking about Norm Eisen and Michael McFall, and you know, obviously the Gene Sharp and Maria Stefan and all the stuff that Millie has been working on. And when we talk about this, this color revolution or coup that's going on in the country that's been going on and ongoing, it's never been completed and they're starting to lose. And um, what we're seeing right now is a power shift. And I, I believe that they're going to try their best to, to bury a lot of this, but I don't think they're going to have the opportunity. And honestly, this is, I think, really, really why, why the entire world wants to take down Elon Musk. Because this wouldn't have been possible. We never would have known. We would have known bits and pieces about the censorship apparatus. We would have known bits and pieces of this or that. But we never would have been able to get to this point. Not now we're at now. With power in Congress. Yeah, but there's still a lot of things we don't know. But notice Musk is someone working with the NRO, the the various spy agencies launching rockets and stuff. Makes you wonder if it's actually not so much about Twitter as as much as he was being read into memorandums of understanding that he may have had personal issue with. Hence the decision to use Twitter as the vehicle to reveal these MOUs. Man, if that's the case, holy cow. I mean, it's not out of the realm of being realistic. So if that's the case, oh boy. Wait, can you explain that in more detail? I don't really understand. So basically, Musk is launching... Musk is launching rockets with the United States military and spy agencies, period. So, and we know Musk has clearances. He's going to have to because he's involved in basically launching shit in the space that's classified, right? So he, if the hypothetical that I gave that there are MOUs out there, memorandums of understanding that the Chinese, Russian, United States all have carte blanche access to all three nations spying on each other without any reservation, right? Because if you think about it, China just freely spies on their people. I'm going to assume the same thing with Russia. We're the only one with this thing. You know, the Constitution kind of gets in the way. So they would have to make a compromise that, hey, we're going to go ahead and do this, but A, B, C, and D, right? It's going to be in one of those memorandums of understanding. For Musk to be launching these things, he would have to be read in on some kind of MOU like that to have that understanding that, oh, if you come across any Russian or Chinese spy chips in your rocket, that's okay. See, here's a contractual agreement we have from the 1990s that we are basically using to push World War III off until 2025 or later, right? 
Go back and read the Time articles about that from 1998, by the way. But that's what it could be. So Musk could have been in a position where he can't come out and just say these things because he would be uh, breaching OPSEC and he'd end up in Leavenworth. But you know what he could do? He'd go out buy a social media platform and let things come into the public record through other means so that he wouldn't be in violation of his OPSEC. That's uh, brilliant. And again, at the same time, I mean, there, there, there's there's multiple elements to the end. I mean, to his end as well, making this another payment system, ultimately, like he when he originally created PayPal, is also a piece of that too, right? But but again, you know, this is very, very fortuitous, if you, would, if you should say, that by wanting to get this out. Because I'm telling you, I'm watching the guy, everything that he's been covering or trying to wake people up on has been absolutely uh, up to snuff. It's been crazy. And so... I, I can't I can't put it past it, especially knowing what we know about how, you know, Clinton and Obama and all these people were selling out our secrets to adversarial nations in exchange for massive amounts of, of fundraising for the Clinton Foundation. And obviously there's tons of deals that they were made and they've enriched themselves. But like all of this does implicate them. And so we know. OK, so there was a team of people working back. <clears throat> Right when Russiagate started kicking up there, I, I know I'm friends with several of them. You guys know a lot of them. And a lot of them covered just about everything in Russiagate and Spygate, just about everything. I mean, everything that's really come out. I haven't seen anything new. Uh, Dan was sourced the names of the list of the names because his name was on it. Uh, and that was one thing that is new to the public. There's another document that came out that apparently came out in 2019 that I never saw. Um, let me go see if I can pull that document. It was a letter from supposed British intelligence agency asking to renew. Yeah, here it is. So this is from uh, Boris Johnson, MP, Secretary of State for Foreign Commonwealth Affairs. And this was an application for renewal of a warrant, CSO, to surveil uh, 725 Fifth Avenue, New York, uh, 5th and 26th floors, right? That's, uh, we're talking about Trump, Trump organization, Trump Tower. And it says here on, on 20th of August, 2016, this, G, this GCHQ, this is the intelligence uh, agency, Director Robert Hannigan, um, they filed for permission to execute Project Folsom at the request of the U.S. president, seeking intelligence gathering into the Trump Organization and Donald Trump for President Inc., both located at 725 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. Activities include foreign and U.S. domestic signals collection and, and re in regards to communications with Russian hostile actors. IOCCO approved Folsom on the 15th of September, 2016, allowing a 90 days of initial SIGINT gathering. So this is like signal intelligence gathering, um, SIGINT, with the potential for renewal should the situation allow. This memo's purpose is to request a 90-day renewal of Folsom's original charter with further potential for renewal thereafter. Since Folsom's Project Folsom start, a clear pattern of actionable leads have been accrued, both from the Trump campaign itself from former MI5 agent Michael Steele, and from others. Number four, U.S. National Security Advisor Rice has requested that we continue our surveillance during the transition period as internal U.S. intelligence is potentially compromised by the incoming Trump administration. For these reasons, we are requesting that Folsom's charter be renewed for another 90 days. The whole purpose of this document, if you guys want to see it, I'll put it down in the chat. I'm sorry, I'll put it up in the nest. I don't have to repost it. But the whole purpose of this document, but from uh, Boris Johnson to, uh, I'm sorry, to 
Boris Johnson from Robert Hannigan is so they can continue to spy. Because if you guys know about Spygate, Russiagate, they had to use like multiple different angles to uh, basically put this information out. That way it could be cross-checked by several different places, in several different places, not just from one place, a la Brennan CIA. And they used Five Eyes to do part of it, but they had to spread it out through like various media, legacy media organizations and reporters. They had to spread it everywhere so that there was more of a legitimacy. And one of the things that they did was they ran through uh, the UK. Obviously, earlier prior to this investigation kicking full up, Gina Haspel was station chief in uh, for CIA in, in London. And so she had the same connections within the, within the government. So fast forward as they reel out, roll out the steel dossier, she can kind of act as a go-between between our CIA and our government and their intelligence agencies and kind of massage it. And so the point I'm trying to make with all of this is this goes right at the same time that Obama in 2017 had a meeting in the White House with this British intelligence uh, officer, S.J. Terp, who created the CTI League, which is essentially the psychological operations and censorship machine uh, that they levied on the American people once Trump was to take office. These same meetings occurred around David Brock, Norm Eisen, uh, Michael Teeter, and the, the David Brock memo on fighting Trump, where they weaponized crew, they brought in Media Matters, they brought in Share Blue, and they brought in American Bridge, which is an oppo research PAC uh, firm. And they established all of this, all of this within these meetings, not to mention setting up and getting going as back far as 2015, the Russiagate PP tape hoax. And they were laundering all this information through various different intelligence agencies around the world. So a lot of the stuff that's coming out, we knew, but it's all coming together right now. And so I think it was expertly pointed out that I think what they were really worried about was not just that Trump was going to burn it all down. I think they were really worried that it would go to a, 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 an inflection point in the public where people learned all the, all the secrets that are being sold out for profit by presidents, secretaries of state and, and previous presidents for tens and hundreds of millions of dollars for their own profit. And this is why they went on offense, utilizing all of their resources for the last seven years. And I think that's where we're sitting at today. Yeah, so basically they had to take out Trump because he was a threat to their clandestine memorandum of understanding where they're transitioning the United States, China, and Russia into a global governance. Correct. Yep, I agree with that 100%. Well, and it, it, it's constantly to cover up what, how badly the Clintons, the Obamas, the Bidens have all sold us out. And that's why we're experiencing. And they're running around saying, oh, well, it's Trump. It's Trump. It's not Trump. It's like what y'all did back in the 90s is coming to fruition finally. Like Clinton uh, declassifying the existence of the NRO, which wasn't known up until then. There are rumors that the reason why Clinton declassified the NRO is that he was convinced he had had full uh, control over the intelligence community. And so when the Mon Monica Lewinsky thing happened, he was convinced that there was another spy agency 
that wasn't playing that was playing coy and hence they got declassified and there's a very interesting history there if people want to look into the declassification of the NRO and Bill Clinton. Janet, jump in here. Yeah, um, there's a video out I've watched a few times from friends of mine on YouTube. I'll have to try to get it and post it. Uh, it shows Hillary Clinton coming out on stage when Podesta tells her she didn't win. Okay, the look on her face is priceless. That told me when I saw her face instantly that she thought the fix was in and she didn't um, she didn't win because too many people showed up and it broke the algorithm for her uh, cheat. You could just tell if you watch it. I, I know everyone I know that has seen it said the same thing. Um, the thing is, is that they disrupted. We did by voting we disrupted what they had planned because I think everything that's happening with the degree of a few um, hiccups was planned to happen. You know, the whole thing with Ukraine, I mean, everything, uh, the whole thing with um, Israel, uh, all this stuff I think was planned to happen under um, Hillary. Uh, but because of um, Trump winning, it put a big hiccup in there. Thing. And that's basically why all the rhinos were like blubbering around, you know, like I can't. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to make things work, but they didn't help Trump at all. I mean, pretty much everything he did to save us was through executive orders because he had knives out of his back and out of his chest and out of his head. I mean, he was being stabbed every which way by everyone. And he still is. I I, I am I have been more and more impressed as the years have gone by with Trump uh, after he got out by what he's gone through than pretty much what happened when he was president, because I was a Ben Carson girl. I mean, I, that's who I liked. Uh, I was Ben Carson all the way. But when uh, Ben said, you know, I've stepped down because he just wasn't he just wasn't macho enough or something. I don't know. I guess he just wasn't. I don't know the word for him. Charismatic. Yeah, charismatic and flamboyant. Didn't have the stamina. But the thing is, is that I still love Ben Carson. I really do. I think he's a wonderful man, a wonderful American, a good husband. Everything he's done, it shows his, uh, to me, being a neurosurgeon to be able to operate on a pregnant woman, on her baby, the steady hand that it would take, the thought, forethought, everything about him tells me that he would make good decisions. I just really, I just trust him. I just trust him a lot. I just hope he gets to go some job in the administration, if, if not VP or whatever. But uh, the thing is, is that Trump tore it up. I mean, he, he tore a gaping hole in their dam and uh, they've been trying to recoup ever since. And, and the only reason uh, that January 6th happened is because they were trying to find a way to put him in prison. And because we, all of us that went, to January 6th, didn't do what they wanted us to do, which even though they, they put um, Antifa change clothes and put Trump clothes on, and uh, a couple of my friends were there live doing YouTube shows, and they were showing, look, look at these people, they're under the street, they're changing shirts into Trump shirts, blah, blah, blah. So they wanted to cause chaos, but it wasn't enough because the regular people like us just said, what? You guys, no way. We're not doing that stupid shit. And some of them got stuck here and there. And all that's been 
only charges have been, it's been misdemeanors and stuff. Nobody's been charged with resurrect or insurrection. So uh, the fact that they're trying to say he caused an insurrection is ridiculous because not one person has been charged in all this time. And they're still sitting in jail trying to figure out a way to make this whole thing stick. And it's not. It's all falling apart. Thank God we still have few people in our judicial system that give a shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just think it's all bullshit. And I would love to see Hillary and all of them fry for some of the shit they've done. I would just, I, I, I would take my clothes off and run in Washington, D.C., down, the, down the main street or something as a, if I won. I mean, if they got put in prison, that would be worth it to me to be that humiliated and <laughs> ever do it. I don't know. I'm just fed up. Well, Sorry. The, I don't know how much prison anybody's going to do i mean obviously i think we would like to see that or at least at least have a their day in court uh where evidence and discovery can be presented um but i'll say this the entire power structure that's really what's at play here uh for the democrats and like so a lot of stuff that i was just talking about when it came to like russia gate and Spygate and all these things and you know we haven't even talked about ukraine yet and how they how they how they were completely surprised that <clears throat> And even in Ukraine, when they did the shit that they did to actually help help uh, go against Trump in the in 2016 and on, where they thought that Joe, you know, that that Hillary was going to win. So it's not going to be a big deal. And all the dealings that were going on where they fired the prosecutor, uh, even though he shouldn't have fired the prosecutor, all because there was a quid pro quo for the billion dollars and that Joe Biden was bragging about at the Council of Foreign Relations, sitting next to Michael Carpenter, the same Michael Carpenter, who was the director of the UPenn Biden Center think tank, where all the documents on Ukraine, Iran and UK were. The, and Anthony Blinken, that was a director of that prior to Michael Carpenter. And you look at the documents and you see that email, that 20 point plan from 2014 with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer talking about bringing Joe Biden to Ukraine because he was point man for Obama in Ukraine. And at the time, uh, the the president of Ukraine, which was not Zelensky, I, I don't know why I talk, I say his name a million times, but Yanukovych maybe, yeah. Why he um, was so sure that he wanted to make sure that, okay, we'll do this deal, I'll announce it publicly, but I want to make sure like the FBI is not investigating this because we'll be implicated in this and, and how they participated and helped. But remember, the people who are facilitating the payments were Hillary's people. This is Blue Star Strategies. Blue Star Strategies in Ukraine were the ones that were facilitating the payments between between the president of Burisma and Pozarsky, which was the bag man, um, and the go-between that handed the money for the influence operation in Ukraine that essentially part of the deal was to get the prosecutor fired and a guarantee of a billion dollars. And, and so you see all of this, and it's not... It's 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 Hillary. It's Joe. It's Obama. It's Brennan. It's all of these people. Sally Painter, uh, uh, Catherine Tramontano, all of these people that are out of all these camps that have been basically the center of D.C. and global Democrat power control and center are completely falling apart right now. And so I, I don't know. <clears throat> You know what that looks like. It's going to get really messy on the Democrat side to a likes that we probably haven't seen. I mean, whether I've been paying attention or not, that I haven't seen in my lifetime of what this, this next year is going to be. And then they also try to got to try to figure out a way to keep these cases up in the air against Trump. Meanwhile, Fonnie Willis today uh, is getting absolutely wrecked. Her and Nathan Wade are just getting absolutely wrecked right now 
in court. Matter of fact, they just brought out old Mr. Uh, Wade's taxes and it doesn't show anything regarding these cash payments from Fonnie Willis. So now we've got criminal stuff to investigate on these two, which we knew. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene put put to a referral to the state of Georgia, to the governor, uh, a criminal referral for Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. So I, again, all of this stuff is falling apart. And it, I, it's not a coincidence that all of this is coming out at the same time that we're drinking through an absolute fire hose. We haven't even started talking again about the January 6th pipe bomb story, the groups that Millie uncovered in the Sunrise Zoom call investigation, and members in our own government that colluded with these leftist organizations to absolutely riot, prevent Congress from meeting on January 6th to count the alternate slate of electors and or hearing um, hearing any kind of, of, of hearing or testimony on on election malfeasance and and irregularities. And they rubber stamped it because they, they created the uh, event that happened at January 6th, the mass riot. And so it's all coming together. This is why I said, Jen, I'm drinking through a damn fire hose like the last couple of weeks because We've been talking about all this forever, but now it's actually coming coming to coming to head. No, it really is. And all of it is coming out. And the mosaic that it's painting is absolutely gorgeous of government corruption against the people every which way and selling our country out to these really bad people, right? Who are now feeling emboldened um, because of our country's lack of, I don't know, leadership, I guess. I guess that would, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted to ask about, what do you guys think about the real reason they went to Mar-a-Lago to go through his safes to get the paperwork? A few of my friends are saying there was paperwork they wanted, but he didn't have it there. He had crossed by, it's, uh, yeah, it's the crossed by hurricane documents. Oh. It's, the bind, it's the missing binder. Okay. Who supposedly, supposedly Gina Haspel has done something with it. And it's somewhere within our intelligence community, somewhere in some room somewhere. But uh, no one seems to be able to get their hands on it. Uh, and I don't know whether I don't know whether or not the Donald Trump has copies that he has the information or not. I don't know. But that's what I said when they raided it a, a months ago. I mean, I put a thread out about it um, where th th this was their way of trying to get in there and saying he's got classified documents, blah, blah, blah. Because Trump had, they believe that he had, the entire evidence of the entire Russiagate, Spygate, crossfire so hurricane. If ends up going to court, okay, and they actually get to do that. Do you think that uh, that's when he's gonna, that's gonna materialize <laughs> in his? Favor? I believe, I believe, if he does have them, that he's holding on to them until these court cases work themselves through. Yes. That's, I mean, I think that strategically, you'd be stupid otherwise. Because if you've got an open documents case going on right now, and that's what they were after, and they can make some kind of legal argument from through NARA, even though we know that the president has plenary powers to declassify anything he wants, um, if they can make some kind of, I don't know, some kind of semantic case, the last thing you need is to be producing those documents during that time. So you either produce it at the, at the case. Or if the case gets thrown out or whatever happens to it, gets put on the back burner, then you come out with it. And I That's think, real quick, I'll just say, and I think the reason that there's sources inside of government that are leaking the stuff, again, to Schellenberger, Taibbi, and, and um, Gutentag, 
is because they're setting it up to get it back into the public, to get it back in the public awareness. At the same time, it was very, very advantageous to come out with it while just before they were going into a Pfizer review. And I think it was very, I think this is all completely strategic to get this back into the public consciousness. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be learning about all this for the very first time. There's a lot of people that have left either the Democrat Party and or left legacy media are now following independent journalists. And now they're bringing it back out for more people to grab a hold of. And I think that that was ultimately a thing where they were going to set this up. And then then the Crossfire Hurricane documents will come out. Remember, Crossfire Hurricane was Trump, but there's also other Crossfire operations that were the 26 other people that were being monitored. They had different names. So totally hypothetical. But what if Millie had evidence of people in NATO and the European Union and German NGOs participating in these federal worker Zoom calls? What would that I mean would, to you? That would mean a lot to me. I, that would mean a lot to me. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it's there. I don't know. Hypothetical. Hypothetically, of course, Gavin, of course. Maybe we should take a look, see if there's anything in there. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Josh, this is a little bit unrelated, but I am going to, at the end, I am going to tie it into what we're talking about. So you guys remember, of course, when the Nord Stream 2 pipeline blew up and everybody was shouting, it was the Russian self-sabotage. Tucker, of course, asked Putin. And Putin, of course, said that it, I mean, what we all understand it was either the United States or an ally or a Ukrainian, you know, whatever, funded by the United States. In other words, it was done under the, under the blessing of the United States. So I would like to know, what I would like, first I want to say that, it, as we all understand it, that it probably was the United States. It, I would say that, it's, that for all the talk, all the scaremongering about Putin, they are expansionist power, they, want to, they just want to go to war and all these kinds of things. I just want to... And Russia is being very, very, are containing themselves very well by not retaliating against the United States for destroying their infrastructure. So that's a, that's one thing. But I, I just wanted to ask you if you have anything on the on the on the Nord Stream two pipeline. If you have any information on that, Seymour Hirsch came out with some reporting. Um... Seymour Hersh came out with reporting, I want to say last year, early last year, about how he thought that, you know, British military groups, along with others, including possibly Ukrainians, were actually the ones that blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. You can go see Seymour Hersh's reporting on this. But all I really need to do is point to, I think, was a great question. Uh, just point to the Tucker Putin interview when he asked him. And he said, well, there's two parts to that, that question. Number one. Who would have the ability to be able to go that deep underwater and to blow up said pipeline? And number two, who would have an interest in doing so? I think your answer is going to lie with people being able, capable to do that, which there's not a lot of militaries out there that would be capable to do that, pull it off correctly, or contractors. Number two, who would have an interest in doing so? Uh, it wouldn't be Germany, because that's crushed them. Okay, 
Well, would it be Russia? Why? They're the ones supplying the, the gas. Could it be Ukraine in conjunction? Possibly. It's not affecting them. And it only helps them, I guess, because they get to signal to the stage that uh, Russia's blowing up pipelines and all these things. And would it, would it behoove the UK? Sure, they're, they're supplying fuel into Germany, right? Through the Baltic pipeline that, that was just completed right around the same time that this happened. So that's really the question. I think Putin said it right. Who, who would have the means to do it and who would have the interest in doing it? I mean, I wouldn't put it, I, I wouldn't put it behind the Zelensky, Zelensky's goons to do it. And some people, when I, I came out against Zelensky some, a long time ago, like in, in the first week of this, of the war, and people were very mad at me for coming out against Zelensky. They were, oh, he was, he's, he's defending democracy, so on and so forth. Which again, I'm not. I'm not pro democracy. I hate democracy. As a matter of fact, I'm pro constitutional republicanism. But democracy, I think, is very cringe. But anyway, but when some time ago, when I don't remember, I don't know if you guys remember when a missile, a a Ukrainian missile, flew to Poland, Poland and kill uh, killed, I think, a farmer or or definitely killed some some farmer. I think killed more than one person, and they were blaming Russia. Then turns out it was a Ukrainian missile. I came out then and said this very clearly, that this is without a doubt, you, Zelensky knew that this was his own doing. He blamed the Russians, knowing full well that if the Russians struck Poland, this invoke, this has a potential to invoke NATO to go to war against Russia because an attack on wall is an attack on all. If NATO goes into war with Russia, this escalates the chances of nuclear war tremendously. So this guy is a nuclear maniac for blaming the Russians for something his own missile did. If he would have come out and said, yeah, it's our bad guys, that's one thing. But he knew, he knew the risks, but he still blamed Russia. And as a provocative statement, because I like being provocative, I said maybe NATO should invade Ukraine for a, because an attack on wall is an attack on all. Hey, Trash, not to uh, change subject, but... Uh, at Malstrom um, Air Force Base. Apparently, they had a drill today planned, um, and simultaneous to the drill happening, a real-life uh, event happened situation that they had to get over the uh, the radio and tell them it wasn't a drill, it was actually happening. So there apparently is an active shooter, um, and of course, Mario is reporting potential terrorist attack um, on U.S. military base. So I'm not really sure what's happening there, but we do have missile systems there. Well, that's good. They really just want to ratchet, they really want to ratchet up the fear, don't they? That's just, you know. It's literally just, the same thing always. Like every time there's an event like this, for some reason they have to get on the, the channels and be like, this isn't a drill. This is not the planned drill. This is real life. Like it happened on nine 11. It's happened the day Sandy hook was happening, right? Like it's every time something's happening, they're running a simultaneous drill of that event happening. Not to get conspiratorial, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And, and again, this is all because our we have members of our government, both in Congress and in the House and in the presidency, that are now stuck, bound 
to defending Ukraine because of all of the corruption over the years. And it's all just to try to ratchet up any kind of any kind of fervor within the public to get behind and support any kind of funding bill. And and we're not going to do it. And no one's budging on it. And so, you know, unfortunately, I'm hoping. But they won't stop. They, they're not going to stop. Yeah, Am I really reading correctly that Fannie Willis just busted in the courtroom and is taking the stand? I think they just said she's about to take the stand, yeah. Go ahead, Janet. Yeah, I was just going to say that, um, shit, now I forgot. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta get my thoughts again, sorry. <laughs> Listen, we've covered a lot of ground. That's just because, and the reason I'm doing it this way versus the way I typically do it is because I've covered this stuff over and over and over. All the different pieces, not all at once. Um, but again, we're seeing all the stories come out. Matter of fact, I just saw a notification. Um, I just saw a notification that uh, his Substack just came, just came out. Part two, Matt Taibbi's part two on this reporting that they've got because they've got so much more he teased it yesterday so it looks like his new reporting came out so here's what i'm gonna do if you guys can kind of filibuster again a little bit i'm gonna go grab his Substack and see what he's got because there's supposed to be some new information all right if you guys don't mind then i will start filibustering right now i found it pretty interesting that most of the time that we have these kinds of mass shootings that the FBI comes out about maybe a week or maybe the day even come out with a statement saying, yeah, we knew this guy existed. We, they were on our radar or or they when they're questioning the Congress, they admit that they that these people were on our radar. But we decided that we'll just have to wait because we don't have enough evidence. We just want to see where this goes. We want to make sure maybe there are more people and so on and so forth. I find it quite interesting that almost every time they know about these people, yet they almost never do anything about it. But they are really quick to to label parents as domestic terrorists. They're, they're really quick to, to arrest those pro-lifers, uh, those pro-lifers who were blocking the entrance. They're really quick to arrest all kinds of people. But when it comes to the mass shooters, the people that they should be the first, if there's any reason why an FBI should exist, it is because there are certain people who are dangerous and you should be keeping an eye on them, catching them before anything happens. That is the one thing that you're supposed to do, and they are failing tremendously at that. So at this point, at this point, when you see that these people, they know, they, the FBI, they don't need Pfizer. They don't need these kinds of things. They have their own spying apparatus. They're spying on literally everybody. At the very least, when we used to have an FBI that under J. Edgar Hoover, who... Of course, they were corrupt. And this is what most conservatives fail to understand about the time. That, of course, they were corrupt. Of course, they were spying. Of course, of course, of course. But they also stopped mass shootings. They also spied on communists. They also arrested communists and subversives. They, they did their job, plus they did stuff that they should be doing. Now it's way worse. They're not even doing their job. In the past, they did their job, but they were corrupt. But now they're not even doing their job either. Why do we have these guys around? If they're not going to do their job, we shouldn't be having these people. We should, I mean, I do, I do want a, the concept or the, the, I want the concept of an FBI, some agency that goes and stops mass shootings. I want that, but not as it exists right now. Anybody else have any points on what I just said? 
No, I mean, I think it's a general feeling. Uh, we just have, I, I just try to be pragmatic with solutions. I don't try to get too into how I feel about something. Cause I agree. I mean, no, of course not. We need to get rid of all of them, but that's, that's the point of what we're, what we've been fighting the last seven years and trying to accomplish. Um, but this is interesting. All right. So check this out. Um, this part two that Matt Taibbi just came out with why even Democrats should care about the cooked intelligence Russiagate scandal. So essentially his reporting that just came out, they're basically saying that the CIA actually cooked the information to make it appear that Russia was uh, supportive of Trump when they were actually supportive of Hillary, <clears throat> which is the, what, which is the case that I actually made earlier in the space talking about how, uh, you know, Clinton foundation and Putin, they created the Skolkovo Institute um, and basically sold a lot of our state secrets and IP for millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, essentially, for donations to the, the Clinton Foundation and how Obama was involved in it, and how they all kind of conspired together on um, uh, Uranium One. And this is a supplemental to Matt's piece because Matt's piece was essentially it's behind a paywall. Um, but he wrote, it looks like he wrote a supplemental today. And this is interesting. Ugh, perfect. Of course, it's talking exactly. All right, here we go. Perfect. So this is actually great. So let me read some of this. Why even Democrats should care about the cooked intelligence Russiagate scandal? The last time we sexed up, last time we let sexed up intelligence guide policy, we were led into war in Iraq. The 2017 intelligence community assessment caused America to declare war on itself. In the New York Times in October of 2022, a reporter, Michael Gordon, authored, quote, the CIA says Iraq revived forbidden weapons programs after U.N. inspectors left. It reported a, quote, classified national intelligence estimate on Iraq's programs to make weapons of mass destruction was provided to Congress early this week and quoted an unclassified summary of that estimate or an NIE saying that although Saddam probably doesn't yet have nuclear weapons, he, he remains intent on acquiring them. And it kind of goes into the history there. And then it says the piece was based on interviews with George Bush administration officials who previewed the public case for war, claiming, quote, Iraq has sought to buy thousands of specially designed aluminum tubes that could be used to make centrifuges to enrich uranium. And that the <clears throat> they persuaded American intelligence experts that the attempted tube purchases were for Iraq's nuclear program. All right. So I'm going to skip over a lot of that stuff because I lived through that. I talked about all that stuff. But what they're essentially saying is that this public story that they just released, we Weapons of Mass Destruction Part 2, the CIA cooked intelligence to hide the Ru that Russia favored Clinton and not Trump in 2016. It was all a lie. The Trump-Russia scandal made its formal public launch on January 6th of 2017 when the office of then-director National Intelligence, James Clapper, published an intelligence community assessment dominating headlines and upending the Donald incoming Donald Trump administration. The report declared Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered an influence campaign in the 2016 presidential election. They never used the word interference to denigrate Hillary Clinton and harm her electability, thanks to a clear preference of President-elect Donald Trump. And so I would recommend going to look at this. Um, you've got you've to be a paid subscriber to finish the piece. But essentially, it's going to basically make the case and lay out kind of what I already laid out this morning or earlier today with the <clears throat> 20, 2012 and 2017 story about uh, the Skolkalov Institute. And so this is really all coming together. And this is this is not only just going to put the details in public about what the CIA did with five eyes around the world, as well as Clinton, Hillary, Obama, 
uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary, Obama, and all these people. But then also all the way back to the, how the CIA has been getting us into wars forever and how they've been directly involved in all of it. Yes, we say this, we know all this, but it seems to be finally actually much of the proof is going to start coming out. I think the whole thing's coming down on their heads, Jen. Yeah, I think it is too, Trash. Um, I was wondering, so I've gotten a couple questions and I haven't, I don't think I'm explaining it correctly. Can you just explain what Five Eyes is for people who might not know what that is? Yeah, yeah. So Five Eyes, yeah. So Five Eyes is, 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 is five different nations, um, uh, intelligence communities, okay? And so what they, it's basically Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and the United States. And this is a intelligence alliance, essentially. Um, so these are people that kind of work around all the different intelligence agencies out of these countries. And they kind of, it's basically like, it's a way, because if you want to officially share information, there's so many steps in between between two intelligence agencies, that it's almost nearly impossible to actually get the information in real time that you need. So what they've done is they've created this kind of like delegate alliance between all these different intelligence agencies where they can quickly share information with each other uh, and, <clears throat> and then bring it back to their own intelligence communities. So it's kind of like, a, um, it's kind of like, okay, so you're walking into a house, like level one would be the family room where everybody's at. So you've got all these different nations in the five eyes sitting in the family room. And then there's five different basements that they go to, which is their own locked, you know, padlocked cell where they keep all of their own nation's intelligence in one place. But so they don't share everything. They don't share their entire networks, but it is a it is an alliance that they can make that they can quickly share information around these five countries. Well, don't they have like um, is it kind of like the men in black headquarters, the alien headquarters? Where all the aliens came. There's together. no, there's no headquarters for Five Eyes. It's it's just a coordination alliance. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, can you hear me? Yeah. I was going to say that you know they're also allowed to operate. I was trying to be funny. I guess that was funny. Soil. I don't think you can hear Kim. I'll bring you down. Oh back shit! Up, I'll drop down. Sorry, Kim. No, no, I'll bring Kim down and back up. Oh, okay. I had a I had a call I had to take trash, so it might be me. Probably. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's what I don't like about space is it like it relies on cellular technology and it relies on 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 um, periscopes old technology, and so it's like a break in the chain if you switch networks from Wi-Fi to cellular. It's so stupid. I hate it. Okay, I'm back. Um, so what I was saying was is that aren't they allowed to operate on each other's soil with uh, immunity? If you will, like CIA goes and does stuff that MI6 can't do, and MI6 does stuff that CIA can't do. Is that just conspiracy? I believe that would be conspiracy. I don't have any evidence that it, this agreement allows them each to operate on each other's soil. It's more of like sh uh, information sharing. So, essentially, the Five Eyes nations can they they can share intelligence um, and get around actual like domestic laws. So, like this is a way that they're not really operating on each other's soil, but it's a way that like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So let's say for an instance, it's, I guess operating is one way, but it's more like surveillance. So if, if I can't directly surveil an American citizen as the CIA, which I'm not allowed to do, that CIA is supposed to operate on foreign soil only as many of these intelligence agencies are only supposed to do. Well, 
that's kind of like a winky winky nod nod type thing for other countries saying, hey, we're investing, we're investigating some of these people. What do you got on these people? So it's a, like these, these foreign in, in, in intelligence agencies that are surveilling, say, Americans, they, they can essentially extra constitutionally share this information, which they should not have access to. This is where the scandal of the unmasking came from. So even though they're allowed to share intelligence about what they got, they are not allowed to actually name names. They're not actually like allowed to say like, oh, no, this is Carter Page of the Trump campaign. No, it's just person B dot 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 number, number, number. This is what they said. This is who they this is who they talked to. Well, that's what the unmasking scandal was about. So when Obama unmasked all those names, then the shared Five Eyes intelligence reports that they were using actually unmasked all the names that were involved in these intelligence reports. That's why it was so damaging and yet no accountability. But that's what the unmasking scandal was about, Kim. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Janet. Yeah, I was going to say earlier, this is one of the things I was going to say was uh, or tell you or ask you about was back when uh, the, the PP dossier stuff start, first started to leak out and people were talking about they, that the Hillary campaign was behind it and all this stuff. And I said, well, hell, that's bullshit then if that's who's coming out with it. And they were like, why? And I said, well, ugh, Hillary's the one that that did set up the whole thing for Uranium One with Russia under Obama. So why would um, why would Trump make deals with uh, Putin when Hillary's already you know been making deals with him all the time? So it makes more sense to me that they're trying to take the heat off of Hillary and put it on Trump, make people look the other way. So I don't know what was going on at that time when that whole thing came out, but they were just trying to divert attention away from Hillary is what I think. And I, I never did get to uh, really dig into it any deeper, but uh, that's exactly what I thought. The first thing I thought was the whole thing was set up from the beginning simply because Hillary's the one that had her fingers all in everything and also um, Biden. So. It didn't make any sense to me. And John Brennan. John Brennan's at the center of all of this. And, and so he understood he understood uh, information. What's the word we could use? Information, what, laundering, I guess is what you could say. Yeah, information laundering. So you have to, you can't have, okay, you can't have these, these nations have their fingerprints on this fake information, right? Because that would be damaging. And then like any intelligence collection in the future would be, would be toxic. So what they had to do was they had to launder a lot of this fake stuff through various different sources within the media, their legacy media contacts or intelligence media contacts in various different countries. And basically they had to act as unnamed sources familiar with the matter or unnamed sources providing this information, which is why like as an example, like with the Huffington Post and the Steele dossier, how they got a hold of it. I, I'm pretty sure they were not supposed to to, to um, report and just put up the entire Steele dossier. I think they were supposed to like pick it apart and like write articles out of it, but never post the entire document. Because by doing that, that that is what started the process of it being completely debunked. And but 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 again, it, if it, it couldn't come from directly from the CIA, it couldn't come directly from British intelligence. Instead, they had to launder it through these various different outlets and channels and everything else. And then it had to organically make its way back to the FBI and back to the intelligence services. So it seemed like a credible information. 
This is something that Brennan and Hillary and Obama did very, very well. Brennan especially. And so what you're talking about there is, yeah, 100%. This is, number one is to distract it away, right? So what was the goal? Well, the goal was to make, try to make people believe that it was an illegitimate uh, election, that Trump stole the election with the help of the Russians. And they basically turned their back on the Russians at the time who, who were friendly to them, who actually helped with some of this stuff. And, and then that's, that's how, that's how they flipped it on its head and basically turned it around, accusing others of what you're guilty of yourself. Right. This is the whole point. That's their entire playbook. And so that's where that came from, Janet. And this is, it's kind of complicated, but I I really think I'm breaking it down simple. And I think a lot of people listening are familiar with some of this stuff. I'm hoping that everybody can kind of really piece this back together. And the reason I believe that this is important to talk about today, number one, we get to relitigate it for once. I was, one of my accounts was banned because I was investigating some of the stuff and putting it out back in about 2018, 2019, 2017, somewhere around those times is one of my accounts. My last account before I came back in 2022 was, was 100% um, the day of January 6th when we all got purged. So anyway, long story boring. Yeah, that's, that's where that comes from. And that's why I brought up the uranium one part. That's why I brought up the leaking of the intellectual IP, selling it for profit and helping the Russians create this IP theft, um, Silicon, Russian Silicon Valley. And because this is, this is how scandalous it is, but that also proves exactly right. Russia had a great relationship with these guys. So that's the whole point is to try to dump it, put it on, put it on Trump. Yeah. Aaron, go ahead. I have a, I have an opinion. This may be short-sighted, so I'd like to run this by you. So, because your, your expertise on this is way greater than mine. So I'd like to know what you think about this. I don't really think that in that, in the abstract, I disagree with the idea of, Five, of five eyes in the abstract, meaning that if there is somebody who may be a domestic terrorist and the FBI doesn't have the, or the CIA doesn't have the necessary evidence to show, but they have, but they have a, enough circumstantial evidence, but not enough to actually constitutionally surveil this person. And they go and they ask, let's say Great Britain, they tell, they ask, they ask the British, do you have anything on this guy that might help us out knowing that this might be a terrorist and the, and the British would look through and they would say, yeah, actually, this guy is a terrorist here. Here's what we have on this guy. I don't know if I will, if I would oppose that in the, in the abstract that we have so, that if we need something, if we need to prevent a terrorist attack, then we should have a extra, an extra power to, to protect our citizens. But of course, I understand that that's not how it's going to be used all the time, but I'm not sure if in the abstract, I oppose it completely. What do you think about it? Well, the point is not even that. The, the point is much worse, and that is the FISA abuse. So they were able to obtain a FISA warrant to spy on our own citizens, terrorists or not, to spy on our own citizens through fake, laundered, uh, untruthful information. And then people within our own government not only went along with it, but then also, also omitted, including the interview, the recorded interview with Carter Page, as an example, omitted exculpatory information that defies the court would have been like, nah, dog, we ain't giving you this like that. There's no basis for you to be able to obtain this, this, this quiet warrant, this behind the scenes, black, blacklisted warrant. There's no basis here because there's plenty of exculpatory evidence to prove that Carter Page had nothing to do with any of this stuff. And, and yet what they did was they concealed that 
And then they laundered fake information through Five Eyes and other intelligence agencies to do exactly what you just said to justify a basis for issuing a FISA warrant to spy on an American citizen. Well, so, not only not only that, but, you know, not only American citizens, but the uh, Republican nominee for president. Correct. But I'm saying that that was in the in the basis of building the case, which ultimately then created Crossfire Hurricane, Crossfire, whatever the ones, all of them different ones, whatever Manafort's was, whatever Bannon's was, all of them had different uh, Carter Page, Papadopoulos. They all had different Crossfire um, operation names. But yeah, so that's that was that's what helped formulate the basis through fake laundered information through foreign intelligence services, through our five eyes agreements then was manipulated and exculpatory evidence was withheld based on domestic investigations through the FBI. And all of that exculpatory evidence was held, withheld, then went to the FISA court and said, okay, may we spy on an American citizen? Here's the evidence we have. Well, if that's all checks out, then yeah, that's true. But there's no accountability. There's no indictment. There's, there's no any kind of real documented investigation. Thus, FISA needs to be burnt to the ground, period. Bar none, period. It Completely is, is, agree. Jen, go ahead. Um, Fanny is currently burning in flames on the stand. Um, there's a couple videos out trash. Uh, if you have the ability, I think they might be worth playing. It's bad. I it's should be able to play bad. it. Yeah, if you if you DM them to me, I'll play it. All right. So her lo- her lover was on the stand earlier today, and it was cringe. Yeah, give me just a minute to get my office. Before we do that, I just have one more question, Trash. Do you think, and of course, this is this is more of the more dangerous questions because of the subject matter. But we do hear a lot about the Mossad being involved in this thing. So, as far as I know, Mossad is not part of the Five Eyes. Am I correct? Mossad is not correct. So, what do you what do you think about if the how much the Mossad has uh, assets or does have an influence within the intelligence communities here? And what do you think that, do you think that the, they might also be in part trying to do the same thing that Five Eyes are doing, the same thing that other foreign intelligence agencies are doing? Do you think that they might be playing roles here or are they, do you think that they are not that much of a factor? I mean, they help develop Pegasus. I would say that they have a lot of intelligence on American citizens. <laughs> Pegasus is probably by far the most intrusive, pernicious, dangerous piece of um, <clears throat> software that they developed. Real quick overview, if you guys know what Pegasus is. Pegasus is essentially they can send a text message to your phone and you don't have to even accept the link. You don't have to accept the link. You don't have to do anything. And it can automatically get into your device just by sending you a text message behind the scenes. Uh, and they can take over, get all the information off of any device that they want. The Pegasus is serious. We'll talk about Pegasus another day. But as far as, as what they have influence here, I mean, I don't know. They're not a huge, they're not a huge, um, they're not a huge agency, but I, I would suspect they typically have their hands full in the Middle East. I don't know how to answer it, but I would suspect, yeah, of course, of course. But again, we're looking at a weaponized CIA that's been weaponized from day one against American citizens, but we are looking at these vast controversies of the CIA. So it would be silly to think that any other intelligence agency doesn't have that ability, uh, including China, including Iran, including adversarial nations, Russia, and, and, and the, um, 
so I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, I've never really investigated that too much. I just assume, I just assume everyone is listening to everything I say at all time, looking at everything I'm looking <laughs> at at all times. I just assume it. Did you guys talk already? Because I came in late. Did you guys talk about the whole Antarctica thing? I no? think the sheer fact that I asked that question, I'm already right now. By now, I'm probably on a list. Uh, no, I didn't really talk about Antarctica. I, well, I touched on it. I just think the treaty is expiring and Iran is just puffing their chest at a weak administration, personally. It would be interesting to see any Iranians on Antarctica, see how they'd fare. Uh, Janet, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in. I was, I was, I've been thinking about this for a little while too. Uh, that Giuliani and a few other people taking a plea deal because of January sixth. You do you think they're going to use any of that stuff against Trump to prove that he is guilty of insurrection? I'm sorry. Can you ask that question again? Uh, Giuliani and a few others of his lawyers and things that were helping him with his campaign and during the whole thing trying to prove that uh, they stole the election. Do you think that they're, them taking a plea deal to get out of January 6th is going to hurt Trump in the long run when it's time for him to go to court? No, because none of them are taking a deal for insurrection. So you can't, like, any deal that they're taking, <clears throat> it's, so they'll tell you when you take a plea deal that it's not necessarily an admission of guilt, that it's, it's simply an agreement uh, to end the case at that point. It just depends on the details of it, but I don't think it's much going to hurt them at all um, that they already haven't weaponized. I don't really know how much more they can do. And I can tell this by looking at how frantic and ridiculous Jack Smith's filings have been lately, because if you look at it, he's in panic mode. Like he's trying to, to expedite the timeline. It's unconstitutional. Everything he's attempting and asking the judge to do is unconstitutional. So I can't imagine that they're sitting back waiting for these deals to go through saying, ha now we got him. I don't think so at all. I think that the process is the punishment. And I think that's the point. I'll get to those clips. Jen, can you DM me that clip, though? Because I can't play it from my phone. Yep, I got you. Okay, thanks. But I'm seeing uh, <laughs> Joma. Fannie Willis has gone full gum smacking hoochie mom on the stand. Her, hold her sloppy ass in contempt. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear this. Oh, boy. I haven't heard hoochie no, mama in quite some time. <laughs> that's why I, uh, that's why I went, I, like, interrupted. It was like, uh, I think we need to play this. Trash will get it up and rolling here in a second. No, Kim, we have not heard Hoochie Mama in a long time, but that's kind of how Kamala's hair, Kamala Harris acts too. She acts like a Hoochie Mama. Oh, 100%. I mean, that is definition right there. Kamala Hoochie Harris. Did you, did you watch, <laughs> did you watch that? Did you watch the, uh, that clip I sent you of uh, Judge Joe Brown just going off on Kamala and what a hoe she is? Oh, no. <laughs> Up Harris. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What did you say? Kamala Hoochie Harris? No, I said Kamala heels up Harris. Oh, heels up Harris. Yes. 
Yeah, but Kamala Hoochie Harris kind of sounds like uh, the Katahoochie, and that song, we could we could make it work. Chattahoochee. <laughs> Way down is. yonder on the Hoochie Harris? <laughs> The river that... down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets yeah. hotter than a hoochie's coochie. I mean, exactly, it, ha- <laughs> it, it has potential here, people. <laughs> Trash is like, What are you doing to my space? We are filibustering. I don't know, maybe Trash is like, Maybe it's broken. Oh, no, I had, to, I had an answer, an actual email for like my actual job because you know, I had to do all this for free so. We're very thankful. Let me see here. Okay. Share to post. Yeah, you were sharing Joma's. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we got. Just to have this conversation with them today. So I ran to the courtroom. So as soon as um, you heard that Mr. Wade was done testifying, that's when you just assumed you would be the next witness? It only makes sense. Um, did you listen to any of the testimony? I've been in my office pacing, ma'am. Okay. Um, did you listen to any of the arguments? I did hear the, the arguments this morning. It's ridiculous to me that the, you lied on Monday, and yet here we still are. And I did listen to that argument. Um, um, all right, so that was it, just the argument, no testimony. Right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. Great. Um, So let's talk about, first, let's just talk about what you did in preparation for today. Um, Did you meet with Mr. Wade at all? Once the the motion was filed, did you meet with Mr. Wade and talk to him about the motion that I filed to disqualify you? On January, this first January motion? Yes. I don't know if you could say talked about I probably had some choice words about some of the things that you said that were dishonest within this motion. So I don't know that it was a conversation. As you know, Mr. Wade is a Southern gentleman. Me, not so much. Okay, but my question was, did you have a conversation with him? I didn't have a substantive conversation. You did not. I read this motion, skimmed it more so, and um, I've probably said some choice things to him about some of the lies they were told. Okay. And then printed in the media because, you know, we used to be in a day and time where you had 60 minutes and people did stories and they verified information um, and you had this great reporting. But it seems today that a lawyer writes a lie and then it's printed for all of the world to see. Well, I just want to make sure that you answer the question I asked though. So <laughs> my question was... Overruled, Mr. Abadi. Um, I told you what happened. I read the motion. I am sure I've told you what my opinion of it is. Okay. There's so much to unpack in that little two-minute clip. I don't even know where to begin. She's like, it used to be a time when the media, like 60 minutes, would research a story, put time in investigating, get both sides, and then tell the truth. Uh, okay. <laughs> before I get there, before I get there, I'm going to play the first part again. I'm going to make sure I heard this correctly. I mean, she was winking at her boo on the stand, like he's a southern gentleman. <laughs> Me, not but, so. But, 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 but again, did you catch the beginning? She just ran into court, and it's, and she said, and they said you weren't called. 
I just assumed I was next. That makes sense to me. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna play this again to make sure I heard that correctly. And I've been very anxious to have this conversation with them today. So I ran to the courtroom. So as soon as um, you heard that Mr. Wade was done testifying, that's when you just assumed you would be the next witness? It only makes sense. Um, did you listen to any of the testimony? And in all of his pacing, ma'am. Um, did you listen? Okay, so number one. She's been in her office pacing. I don't office pacing. Is she listening to the testimony or not? I don't know. Number one. Number two, apparently she wasn't called. She just ran, busted into the courtroom, I guess, and uh, just assumed that she was called. So they, they, they went ahead and said, oh, well, okay, come on in. And then just the attitude here, this is not going to play well in the courts, like, at all. Like, this judge overruled the, the objection, probably because of her behavior on here. And he's going to let this attorney, because this this. Fonnie Willis is just like making all these personal statements, calling her a liar, all these things. She wasn't asking any of those questions. So she's getting a little latitude here, but um, I think they're setting her up to be a combative witness if I'm not, if, because otherwise I, they would have cut it off already. They would have cut her off and said, no, ma'am, that's not the question I'm asking. Here's the question I'm asking. But I think they're going to let it run a little bit because she's just being so ridiculous. Oh, this is great. Aaron, go ahead. Let me see if I can find another clip. Yeah, Charlie Kirk posted, Fannie Willis thinks that questioning her about her secret affair with Nathan Wade, that including paying him $600,000 of taxpayer money is anti-democracy, quote, I am not a hostile witness. I am very much, I very much want to be here. Miss Merchant's interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not mine. And un unquote, and he ends it with, Fani's career is over. <laughs> so, yes, that's good. That's good analysis. Uh, I just uh, refreshed, and my buddy Malcolm Flex posted a clip that uh, tells me I was correct. Listen to this. I think well, we. I very much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be. Not here. so much that you're hostile, Miss Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Miss Merchants. Thank you. Merchants' interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. <laughs> I'll play it again. I think we. I very much want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be. Not so much that you're hostile, Miss Willis, would be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Miss Merchants. Thank you. Merchants' interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. Miss Merchant, being the uh, the attorney on the other side, the uh, who was asking her the questions. Um, apparently one of the attorneys in the camp over there said, your honor, I'd like to request permission to treat the witness as hostile. So I was dead on right. And uh, it's not so much that you're hostile. It's just that you have an adversarial position to the attorney. And she fumbles like Joe Biden trying to say, well, she's she's adversarial, contrary to the Constitution. Oh, man, she looks so bad. And I think I think that she knows she's absolutely screwed. So she's trying to get some sound bites out of it. <laughs> That's all I can think of because she's she's done. She's done. Yeah, Kim. I think that um, a lot of people have like forgotten what the definition of democracy is or something like that because it gets slung around a lot in, in the wrong context. Well, they we're not forgotten. a democracy. Well, and but they right. haven't for, they haven't forgotten what our democracy means. Our democracy means we are in control, we are the establishment power, 
this is our quote unquote democracy. It has nothing to do with the constitutional republic. It's that's what they call their machine, our democracy. Now, they're very clear on it. It's just people don't call it out enough. I got another clip. Oh, this is fantastic. Apparently, Fanny, Fanny, sorry, we have to make sure we call her Fanny because she hates it. Fanny snaps at the judge, quote, it's highly offensive when someone lies on you. And it's highly offensive when they try to implicate that you slept with somebody the first day you met with them. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. <laughs> that's not what the, that's not what they're arguing is that you slept with them on the first day that you had this relationship at all. <laughs> so uh, you guys want to hear her snap on the judge? It looks like it's only 11 seconds. Let's go. I mean, you can't make this shit up. It's highly offensive when someone lies on you, and it's highly offensive when they try to implicate that you slept with somebody the first day you met with them, and I take exception to it. All right, well, Ms. Wills, she'll be... Okay, that wasn't to the attorney, that was to the judge. She turned, looked at the judge, and snapped at him. (sighs) Janet, go ahead. I just find it totally unbelievable the more of this is coming out that they actually thought they would be able to take this case all the way through court against Trump. <laughs> Just what there's no evidence. I mean, there's nothing. It's all lies. It's all made up. Just like she was saying that she didn't understand why uh, people are making things up and stuff about her. How can they be so obviously uh, biased I mean, it's, it's it's shocking to me that she actually believed that everybody would just walk around and believe everything she said without any evidence. So Savvy just put out three different clips. She just said ghetto. It looks like they're like a minute apiece. The audio seems fuzzy because she looks like she's recording um, like a cell phone on her computer. But I'm going to see if I can get it to come through clear because this looks funny as hell. Just like you're asking me about the money with Robin. I don't do my friends like that. So if you tell me it's a G, then you're going to get $1,000. Whatever it is, I didn't ever make him produce receipts to me. Whatever he told me it was, I gave him money back. Isn't it true that he paid for the cruise and the, um, the flight on his credit card? I'm not asking about reimbursement or after. He used his credit card to buy the cruise and buy the flight. Right? I have no idea how he paid for it, uh, if it's a credit card, if it's a debit card. But certainly he called his uh, cruise agent. You know, like how many people have a cruise agent? He calls his cruise agent, tells them where they want to go. They tell him what's for. You have to remember, he didn't just, he paid for that initial was me, him, and his mother. Um, and then after that cruise, you all flew to Aruba and spent a couple of days in a hotel bed, correct? Right. And his mother was not happy. He initially paid for that. He initially paid for that. And y'all left her behind. This woman is get tall. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear that part. It's too soft. I can't hear. I'm sure you guys can't hear it. There's no way. So wait, they went on a cruise to Aruba and left the mother in Aruba? <laughs> no, so they did a Caribbean cruise. And then once that was done, they flew with his mother and them two to Aruba. And she was not happy about it, the mother, so they left her behind, is what she just said. (laughs) I just... I don't even know. Whatever. We no longer have a judicial system, apparently. 
We are being persecuted by morons. That is yes, the problem. That's correct. That's correct. We have a crisis of midwits in this country and people um, have far too much power that don't belong anywhere near it. Let's see what we got. Okay, same thing, snapping at the judge. People are recycling the same clips. Thanks, guys, for that. Appreciate it. Oh, here we go. Oh, this looks... <sighs> Hang on. Give me a second. Mark Nutton put out the uh, live stream. If you can play back the live stream trash, you might be able to play it in its entirety. I can send it to you. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely going to be looking. Oh, boy. Marjorie Taylor Greene just put this out. Let's have a listen to this. With the cash that you would pay him, you wouldn't get it out of the bank. I have money in my house. You have money in your house. So it was just money that was there. When you meet my father, he's going to tell you as a woman, you should always have which I don't have, so let's don't tell him that. You should have at least six months in cash at your house at all times. Now, I don't know why this old black man feels like that, but he does. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a professional attorney, district attorney that holds public office. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm getting Menendez vibes. Aaron, Am I supposed to? Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think I think the Democrats found a new replacement for the vice president. I mean, the, she makes Kamala Harris look competent compared to her. Well, it's no wonder that of all the swing states, the highest uh, point differential between Biden and Trump is Georgia, by the way. Might be North Carolina, but I think it's Georgia. Yeah, we might as well just, I mean, like, listen, this woman is absolute gold. I'm just going to stream it. Let's go. Yes. Professional colleague. He became my. He respected. I feel very indebted to Mr. Wade uh, for taking on the task of this job. And um, he is certainly my friend and one of the people that I respect the most. Um, so if you ask about a personal relationship, I consider myself to have a personal relationship right now, Mr. Wade. I consider myself to have a personal relationship with Anna Cross. I consider myself to have a personal relationship with Mr. Abadi. I consider myself to have a personal relationship with Andrew Evans. Okay, let me just so clarify that I have a personal relationship with him as we speak right now. A romantic I don't think that's what you're asking. I think that's what you're asking. When did your romantic relationship with Mr. Wade end? Mark, did it end? Me and Mr. Wade, um, we are good friends. Uh, my respect for him has grown over these seven weeks of attacks. Uh, we are very good friends. I think, but for these attacks, it would have been a friendship that as life goes, he would have stop having um i think that you have seen many that we'll be friends to the day we die i'm i can handle this say that let's have it she asked about a personal relationship she asked when the romantic relationship ended that's the question 
it's sometime in, um, I'd say late summer of 2023. But I don't believe me in, um, so this is what you're really asking about. This is the salaciousness of all of this, right? No, I'm just uh, asking about your romantic relationship when you stopped dating. I, asking. I, I think that me and Mr. Wade, so he's a man. He probably would say June or July. I would say we had a tough conversation in August. So that men in relationships at the end of physical intimacy, women in relationships when that tough conversation takes place. And where, um, when did he come to, I guess the condo, I'm not sure what you call the condo apartment. Um, would he come and stay at that condo or visit you there? I'm sorry, visit you there. What condo, what apartment? I want to be clear. So not your house. I know you classified one as house and one as condo. So I'm trying to use those terms. So um, there's been more. Than, see, what you don't understand is because of this case, I got to move. And so I. I, question, just, I think you could ask a more precise question. Yes, please give me the time period. <laughs> Mr. Wade visits you at the place you laid your head. When? Has he ever visited you at the place <laughs> you laid your head? <laughs> so let's be clear because you lied in this, this. Let me tell you which one you lied in right here. I think you lied right here. No, 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 no. This is the truth, Judge. It, this, it, it, it is a lie. It is a lie. Mr. Say now, thank you. We're going to take five minutes. Be back in five. Yo. What did I just listen to? Is this like Days of Our Lives? Like, Chuck yes. Brown? Like, what is oh, yeah. Who's the baby daddy? I have to know. So. <laughs> This is a dog and pony show so, because some bad shit's going on. So, right, what just happened there? She she's getting really aggravated. She's trying to dodge the question, and she grabs all three of like the testimonies and the submissions to the court, and shakes them in court. And the judge is like, "All right, listen, we're about to take five because like, you're going to need to calm down. I guarantee you, he's going to pull to the side while it's not being recorded, and be like, yo." Yep, they pause the video. They pause the video feed. I guarantee you he's going to be like, you're going to be treated as a hostile witness if you don't calm down and just answer the questions. This is so funny, dude. <laughs> I thought maybe finding the sound bites would be the best, but literally just let her talk. Like the whole thing. I don't know who's next, guys. I have like 60000 in cash in my house because my dad told six... me to. <laughs> Jack is next. This woman is the district attorney in Fulton County. A Soros district attorney, no less. But nevertheless, could you imagine a district attorney that's supposed to be uh, on the side of the Constitution and and judicial norms acting like this? Wait, Trash, this can you pull the video of the boyfriend before this? Sure. It's you know, probably on the same stream, I would imagine. Oh my god, because his was good it's too. It's amazing. He starts it was amazing. He starts wiping his eyes like he's crying. I found it. I just ended up on that part. Roll the tape. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I find this entertaining. They want to do this to us? Well, good. I want to watch as you burn in hell on the stand. Okay, there you go. Jack Totten, jump in here quick. I was going to tell uh, Eric that, um, you know, Dan just tweeted about, he said, 
Thankfully, Donald Trump has some of the dumbest enemies on this rock we call Earth. Total imbeciles. Like, literally, we are being persecuted by some of the dumbest people on Earth. And they set up these houses of cards. We're like, okay, I know if we just move quick, we can get through before it all falls down. And it's when we start pulling on, like, little threads and being like, oh, there's wind tonight. Like, and blowing down their houses that it all comes crashing down. They're banking on us being stupid and not asking questions and being scared. Pretty much. Kim Klasik posted something I found funny. She said, just now, Bonnie Willis claims she rarely eats lunch. She clear, she clearly is comfortable with lying on the stand. I find that pretty funny. Yikes. Watching women take shots at each other, that's a whole other level, guys. Men, listen, like we, we cuss at each other. We'll say some shit to each other but the way women insult other women bro it's layered it's it's uh it's pretty pretty layered tom you haven't jumped in yet go ahead yeah thanks right before you guys cut over um fanny just went off and she goes i'm not the one who's on trial here it's the one who tried to steal the election so it's like, can you imagine? Like, wow. Wait, so yeah, this is a circus. Does she realize she's stealing the election by like doing this? So she's yeah. Does she realize that she's actually? Like, <laughs> yeah. Projection well, I mean, watch. Projection watch. Yeah. Do you realize? But she doesn't realize that she isn't. In fact, so, yeah, uh, this is actually in court for herself. Is an evidentiary hearing against her. Yeah, that's correct. And she's flipping it around like I'm not the one who's on trial. It's like you're not living in the real world here and. Hopefully that becomes more clear soon, right? <laughs> Brock, jump in here. Then we'll go back to Jim. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just a complete circus, especially Nathan Wade. I, I mean, he, for the first five minutes, he's basically just stuttered. I, I mean, stuttering and sweating, and um, he couldn't answer some of the easy questions. and. Okay. Aspect to that one question when she asked, he just didn't answer it for for almost two minutes. We're back. We're back. Here we go. By the way, she does not look happy at all. She probably oh, she just made a sneer towards the judge. She must have got scolded off camera. Good, she deserves it. Oh, her face right now. If she could shoot daggers out of her eyes, that judge is dead right now. The way she's looking at it. Are you catching? proceed though uh, I advise everyone here uh, this being a room mostly full of lawyers who have spent their lives in a, in a of a courtroom we all know what professionalism looks like and what decorum looks like they got scolded and devoting ourselves to the rule of law and proper advocacy I would urge everyone to keep those principles in the mind 
starting with the fact that we won't talk over each other. And from there, we'll get through this. Ms. Merchant. Thank you, Judge. How often did Mr. Wade visit you at a place where you were living between 2019 and 2021? Do so you want to start with the lie that he lived with me in, in South Fulton in 2019, a home he's never been to? That's one lie you told in Judge, your document. I, no, you, Judge, I didn't ask her about that. Miss um, Merchant, I want you to ask a very precise question. I think she's saying and answering that he did not live with her. So why don't we break that up into smaller yeah. parts? And I, I didn't ask about living. But you put in your, while we're talking about professionalism, no, while we're talking about professionalism, oh my God. you put in three different documents Don't he lived with me. Full opportunity to respond. And filed that with the court. In 2019, he's never been to South Fulton. In 2019, I lived in South Fulton. He has never been to my residence in 2019, ever, not once. In 2019, he's never been to your residence any place. I lived in my home in South Fulton before I started getting the threats that were here, a house I paid for with my own sweat and tears. I'm no longer able to live there. But in 2019, I did. And in the two months of 2019 that I knew Mr. Wade, three months, the beginning of October, all of November, and all of December, Mr. Wade never came to my house in South Fulton. Let me help you out. I lived there in 2020. He never came to my house in 2020, let alone live with me, as you put falsely in these documents. In the first three months of 2021, when I could still enjoy my home, Mr. Wade never came to South Fulton, and it is certainly a lie that he lived with me. So in 2020, let's, so you said 2019, 2020, did Mr. Wade ever visit you at a place that you He has in? never been to my home in South Fulton. 2020 was before I knew that a phone call was going to be made and I was going to have to abandon my home. As a result thereof, he never visited, lived at, came to, or has seen South Fulton. You qualified that with your home in South Fulton. I'm That's asking, where I lived in 2020. In 2020, did he ever visit you at a place that you resided? Okay. I don't understand. You must get a guy. In 2020, so I lived in South Fulton. Okay. That's the only place I lived in South Fulton. That's before I had to abandon my home, Jerry. All right. And at my well, home in South Fulton, Miss, I never, he never came there, okay? So if you Ms. don't Wells, come someplace, you can't live there. Ms. Wells, that's, I'm going to have to caution this. It's going to be my first time I have to caution him. to listen to the questions as asked. And if this happens again and again, I'm going to have no choice but to strike the testimony. Ooh. So I need to Ooh. break this down. This merchant's question, I believe, was... Uh, asking whether you lived anywhere other than South Fulton. I did not live anywhere but South Fulton, Georgia in 2020. That was before I began my prosecution of this case and I it was my plan to only live there. Did Mr. Wade ever visit you at the condo that you leased from Miss Yerdy? He visited that condo, yes. He did? Yes. Did he ever spend the night at that condo? No. Just visited. Yeah, but he did visit for sure. Did you ever go out to eat together? Other than the lunches you talked about. In during 2019 or 2020? I would think that we probably went to lunch, but it wouldn't have been 
let me think, 2019, I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm going to say we probably broke bread someplace in 2019. I I don't remember it, but it seems like we would have broke bread sometime in 2019. (laughs) So I'm going to say yes, although I have no recollection. Um, But it seems to me like I I go out to eat and drink with pretty much everyone. So I'm going to say yes. So outside of the vacations that we've already talked about, did you ever go out to dinner with Mr. Wade? I, I mentioned to you that I'm I have a... so much. I think you can elect between leading and open-ended questions, but I think we are still wondering about, and I think we need to get back on track of focusing on the financial benefit or the relationship. And my next question about if you did go out to dinner, who paid when you went out to dinner? You paid, I paid. You both paid. Okay, so let me be real clear. We didn't say, oh, the bill is $102. You give $51, I'll give $51. I don't operate like that with my girlfriends. I don't operate like that with anyone. He caught the bill. I caught the bill. Whomever. Did you ever pay him through cash app? No. You only ever paid him through cash? Yes. Uh, We're talking about, I'm very confused. You've never given Mr. Wade money through cash app? No. The only money you've ever given him outside of a contract is cash. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute. But I didn't give him money out in a contract. What happened is, no, we're going to answer it since you said it. He worked. He worked more hours than he was paid. And the county paid him for the work that he did. So don't be cute with me and then think that you're not going to get an answer. And I will ask you about the contract in a minute. I asked you about cash. Did you ever pay him anything? And I'm trying to qualify my questions. I'm not talking about the contract with Fulton County that, that was paid. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Outside of that, did you ever pay? So for those that are just listening, I press pause. Um, little cute thing. She snapped her fingers at the attorney and like like lunged forward as she was saying, quit being trying to be cute, whatever, whatever. And uh, she she's, as you can tell, like, listen, she might have somewhat of a skill of being able to, to be able to like make a bunch of noise about an answer that's not relevant to the actual answer. Whereas then like quietly, like sneakily affirming what the question is. But right now, again, just to remind people so you don't lose space, she's, she's pressing her on this cash app deal. <clears throat> not what, not what they paid contractually by check through Fulton County, but all the talking about again, about the cash that she paid him when she was just talking about how she's supposed to keep six months of cash in her house, blah, blah, blah. And about Cash App. So I'll, I'll continue on. Anything other than cash? I've only given him cash a few times in, in the course of what we're talking about. So you if we would go to dinner. Let, him, let her finish her answer. If we would go to dinner, I wouldn't give him cash because he paid for dinner or I paid for dinner. I've given him cash only a few times in life, probably four. Probably the most money I've ever handed him is $2,500. The least amount of money I've handed him, probably between 500 and $1,000. You never wrote him a check? Ma'am, I don't have checks. Okay. Um, so you have no proof of any reimbursement for any of these things because it was all cash, right? The testimony of one witness is enough to prove a fact. So my question was, do you have any proof? Is that what you're intimating right here? 
I'm asking if you have any proof that you paid him any I mean, the money. proof is what I just told you. You have no written proof. Is that correct? So I have some, um, probably some transactions like in Belize. I probably spent $500 on my card uh, in Belize. I spent 800, I can't remember, 900 bucks on each of our tickets to go to Belize. I did the $700. I probably got some minor expenses in Aruba that would be on a card. But for the most part for those trips, other than, so the two cruises, I gave him money for those before we ever left. Because um, they were pre-booked. Let me answer. Well, the, the, the question was if you had any written proof. And so, so I've answered you that I've had written we proof. We can move to the next question. If you've answered, if you had any written proof, and that was my question. Um, I, I want to make sure that we're clear that for the two cruises, Judge, that's I the asked if she gave him written proof. Miss <laughs> Merchant, she answered your question, so we can ask the next question. Miss Willis and Miss Cross will have plenty of opportunities to let you clarify your answers <laughs> when it's her turn. Thank you, Judge. Knowing your role as district attorney, you know that public funds are scrutinized and money is scrutinized and things like that. You understand. No, I'm, never, I'm sorry, don't hear. Understand you're under a microscope. You have reporting requirements, all of those types of things. Um, you have no record other than your testimony of the money that you've given Mr. Wade. You've already asked that question. Let's keep going. Um, when you took office, you had a tax lien of $4,600. Did you pay that with cash when you <clears throat> made that tax lien hole? I probably paid through uh, <clears throat> however you pay. Okay. So, but you were saying that you had amounts of cash you still had that lien in 2022 when you were getting weighed and going on these trips so the cash that you gave him that could have been used to pay this tax lien off so you won't tell me how to pay my bills this is not relevant as it relates to my review today um if you are you trying to establish that she was insolvent in some way um i definitely was trying to establish that that she did not have these mass amounts of cash that she's talking about yes all right Re-ask the question. Um, you had a tax lien in 2022, $4,600. Did you say I did? And you did not use this cash that you had to reimburse Mr. Wade to pay that off, correct? No. Okay. I went shopping, too, when I didn't pay it off. And you talked about, you gave a, you gave a lot of interviews to the authors of a book called Finding the right? I would not characterize it as a lot. I probably have spoken to them two or three times. Five questions that's relevant as to... I think it's already come up that finances are discussed in the book. I'll overrule that. Thank you. Ms. Wilson, you can continue your answer. What came up with Mr. Wade as it relates to hearsay statements that he was asked about in relation to what Ms. Willis may or may not have said in relation to an author, but it's not relevant to the testimony that's occurring this, this time. I think Ms. Merchant has said that it, inside the book she also makes statements as to her own finances, and that's at issue. So you gave interviews to the authors of this book, correct? Once or twice. Okay. And um, just to be comprehensive, I don't know if it was three times, two or three times, I think. You were quoted in the book, and I will give you a chance to say if this is a misquote. You were quoted, I when they asked you about if you wanted to run for office for DA, you were quoted, I really don't want to be financially effed up again. Do you remember saying that? So what that refers to, so that my question first is if you remember saying that. I remember saying something similar to that, but I would like to be able to explain what that's, that's in fine. reference to. That's not um, in reference to anything else. It was a huge sacrifice to be district attorney in Fulton County. Huge. I was doing just fine. I had a municipal court judgeship 
that was paying me a hundred something thousand dollars a year and like you got to show up twice a week it, easiest thing i've ever done in life could you imagine for one moment having to face a fulton county municipal judge like fanny willis fanny willis the i now i'm interested actually that might be something i want to look into i'd like to see her uh, case record that'd be interesting Janet, you had your hand up for a while, and I want to get back to it. Yeah, I was just going to say, join us this fall for the new drama series, The Quorum Court, starring Queen Latifah as Fanny Willis. That's all. I was going to play a joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's let's join Queen Latifah again here in the court. Finances. If I, I didn't, nobody put me in this seat. So I had already run for office once. I had spent $50,000 of my own money running and it was bamboos, nothing. And so when I'm talking to those offers, I'm talking about the contemplation of the sacrifice of the run, not the sacrifice of once you become DA. The odds were against me. I was likely going to lose uh, the election based on who I was running against. So Shocker. That needs to be in the, the appropriate context. Isn't it true that the authors also wrote, and you can dispute this if, if you'd like, um, that you were broke after that race? The 2018 race. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was a hard race. I wasn't broke like I didn't have any. So broke is relative to depending where you are, but that hurt to lose that $50,000. So I'm sure my mental mindset was like, I just gave $50,000 away. Right. So they characterized it from their conversations with you that you were broke, you had poured your own money into the campaign and you weren't able to pay your own bills because of your, oh, I'm sorry, your clients couldn't pay their bills to you and you had a paltry array of family and asset forfeiture cases. It says you were trying to make it month to month. Um, is that an accurate depiction of your financial situation at that point? I would want to read that, but I, I don't I don't remember clients not being able to pay their bills. Uh, may I approach you? You can't. You may. Please, hey, I have not read this book. So, so like this fact here, her ex-husband Fred had run into a financial, I have no information about that. I just asked about if you were, what they represent can you show me where that is because this is where you put the tab so that's where i read broke couldn't pay their bills yeah that that uh i'm sure i characterize myself as broke as leaving that fifty thousand dollars i don't know that i had uh her name in law practice at poultry well, you just i didn't have I, I didn't I test i thought i had a law practice i so this is not correct. I'm okay. sure it's just, I, I, I didn't have any asset forfeiture cases. So I had one case where uh, they had took one of my clients money at the airport. That's, I don't know if that's what they're care. I don't know. Um, paltry array. I did have family law cases. I guess that's what they're talking about. And I, clients who couldn't pay their bills ain't clients. So no. So my question was just, if this was a fair and accurate representation where it says you were trying to make it month to month at that point. No, I don't think that that is actually a fair and accurate representation, but I am certain that after the 2018 election... Um, okay, okay, I see what she's doing here. So what the attorney's doing here is trying to prove that she never paid, she never reimbursed him in cash at all. They were trying to do that earlier with Nathan Wade, where they were like, 
do you have any receipts or any proof that you're receiving this cash? Do you have any bank statements that you deposited this money? No, I never deposited any of the cash. Oh, okay. Um, so now what she's trying to establish is that Fannie Willis and Fannie Willis, sorry, my accuracy never allows me to insult this woman, but Fannie Willis is trying to say that they're trying to set the precedent and the narrative that she didn't have six months of cash on hand just to be able to throw them out $2,500 when she had a tax lien. And that's why she got so pissed off about it because she was like, well, I go shopping without it. Why are you going to tell me how I spend my money? Yeah. Well, I see where they're going now. This is interesting. So I'm going to keep going here. Miss Merchant, if you could re-ask the question. Trying to make it month to month at that point. No, I don't think that that is actually a fair and accurate representation, but I am certain that after the 2018 election, um, I'm still not really happy about having given up that 50000 You know when you paid your tax lien? I don't. You don't? Do you know if you paid it? I know I've paid some taxes. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Um, did you tell anyone at Fulton County Board of County Commissioners about your relationship with Mr. Wade? No. Did you disclose your relationship to anybody at Fulton County? No, I don't think so. Um, and as the chief law enforcement officer of Fulton County, I assume that you're familiar with the county code and warden ordinances. I've said we're not going to cover that in this hearing, Ms. Merchant. Um, I'm sorry, Judge? We, I th we said we weren't going to cover the uh, county regulations. Okay, and I, I, I won't. Um, let me ask you this then. So are you aware that you're required to disclose any relationship with someone that you contract with in Fulton County? Would this be different because it's a potential for impeachment? Yes. What did you ask me? I'm sorry. Ms. Merchant, if you could re-ask the question. Okay. Um, are you aware that Fulton County requires you to disclose any relationship with someone that you're doing business with? I'm not aware, and I'm, I know often that time things are confused with state constitutional officers and county, but I'm not aware. Okay, so it's not your so it's your understanding that you don't have a duty to disclose. She's answered that question. Let's keep going. Um, did you keep track of this cash that you paid him at all? What are you talking? I don't understand. Did you keep track? Did you keep a ledger? Did you keep track of it? So I've only given him cash, as I mentioned, three or four times. There's no ledger. This is friends handing money off to each other. So the answer is no. I, you think, and I think you've already asked whether there was any written proof whatsoever. And yes. She's answered that. Okay. So we've covered this. Let's move on. Um, who are you referring to when you suggested that Mr. Roman's motion to disqualify was racially motivated? We've already said we're not talking about the forensic misconduct that's been alleged. And okay. and just so the record is clear, I don't believe I said that his motion was racially motivated, so I don't want that to stay there. I've never said his motion was racially motivated, so that, that should not be true. I think it would be motivated. best if we don't need to go down that road. I was going to say, wait a minute. We're going to save that for our Um. You once said that you would not engage with a personal relationship with anyone that worked for Fulton County. Is that correct? Uh, an employee? Anyone that worked for Fulton County? I think I said an employee. Okay. So that's the qualification you give an employee? You wouldn't. I think that's the statement that I made. So if you want to quote me, quote me accurately. So it's your position because Mr. Wade was not an employee? Or it's your position he wasn't an employee, correct?
contract. Mr. Wade is not an employee, and he will tell you that over and over again. I'm sorry, the statement just so I make sure I accurately quote you. What you said was you won't work you won't sleep with people who work under you. Do you not consider Mr. Wade working under you? I consider Mr. Wade to be an agent. An agent? Yeah. Right. And a point is what I really root think of him as. Uh -oh. Your point, whatever Meredith has, uh, Ms. Merchant is on the record. Next question. All right. Do we need any moments in, in a minute? Mr. Sadow. Yeah, All right. So funny, I'll come back to it. But basically, the judge was like, yo, we said we're not going to talk about this uh, here. And uh, Fanny just couldn't help herself. She grabbed a mic. She said, well, let me let me go a little further. And the judge was like, uh. I mean, we can, but uh, I just shut that down. Do you want to keep going? <laughs> she, just, she is steaming mad right now. Uh, Jack, go ahead, and then we're going we're gonna to pivot to another attorney here. This is the best Soros could do? Really? They're all like this. Like, I want you to think about something for a minute. Like, this is actually important to note. There are very, very competent people. There are very, very good attorneys and DAs and everything else, and there are people within our government that are very good. It's not just enough whether you have to be good. You have to be willing to do wrong. So like typically, people that are out of their depth that don't belong where they're at, they probably also make compromises with people like Soros and such to do these things. This is why Jack Smith is screwing everything up. It's why he was at the, he was at the Hague to begin with because he was so incompetent and so terrible. But he's willing to do terrible things no matter what at any price. Um, and so... That's you have to remember, like the people capable of carrying out these political prosecutions also have to be willing to do it. So not just capable, but willing. So Aaron, real quick, and I'm going to get back to the attorney. Yeah. So Harmeet Dillon just posted. The only thing either of these two fools should have said in court today is to plead the fifth. I'm sorry, say that again. Harmeet Dillon said that the only thing these, either of these two fools should have said in court today is to plead the fifth. Yep, but they just can't help themselves. So let's hear what this attorney's got to say. April of 2021. Yes. Was your father still living in your house? Right, because my father... That's yeah. all I ask you. But I, I get to explain the answer, sir. I, I don't know if there's an explanation. If I ask you, was your father uh -oh. still living at your house, the answer is either he was or he wasn't. Yes, but you are going to get to argue at the end of this, as we both I'm know. I'm not going to argue so anything. I'm going to ask... I'm going to explain why. I'm going to... So, okay. Yes, because my father is an older gentleman. He was worried about COVID, and he stayed. I, I, I'm going to have to say that's second time. Whenever we have to put a pause... That's fine, okay? You don't have a chance to explain yourself. The question was whether your father was not staying there at the time, and you're clarifying that in your answer as well. You can have a brief clarification, but it shouldn't be something that reaches well beyond the question. All right, Mr. Sado, you can re-ask the question. We'll see where it takes us. Okay, thank hmm. you, was your father still living in your house 
at the time you moved to what I would refer to as a yurti condo. Yes, sir, he was due to his concerns related to COVID. The safety concern was that there was potential danger at your house. Is that correct? Yes, my address had been exposed. So, yes, there was concerns about potential danger at my house. Okay, so anyone staying at your house in the time period after you went to the Yerti condo was still in danger, correct? Yeah, well, no, no, no. He did. <laughs> I think you have to. Uh, it's your attorney, Ms. Willis. Um, sorry, Mr. Potter, your objection is speculation. Yes. To the question of. Speculation. Whether someone was still in danger at her condo? I can read. I can Or Mr. Sadon wants to rephrase. I'm not sure. I was able to understand it. I've got the objection, and then I have. I'll withdraw the objection. Okay. And I'm going to remember the question so I can answer it. You can now that the objection's been withdrawn. Can you try to answer that question? Yes. There's still a safety concern for people staying at the house. I, yes, I was very concerned about my father still living at the house. However, if you have dealt with an older gentleman, he was not leaving the house, despite my urging him that I thought he should leave as well. He did not want to leave the house because he was particularly worried at his age about COVID. But that became, a, a, I don't want to say, a, I was not happy with that decision of my father's, but I can't ultimately make him leave and he stayed there too long in my opinion okay thank you during that period that you left to go to the Yerti condo yeah. did any of your children stay at your house so i don't uh, i don't think that they were there at that point certainly my baby wasn't there i'm talking about this entire period we're talking about if i remember correctly you'll correct me i'm sure you said that you stayed there at what I would call the Yerti condo until January of 2022, correct? Yes. Okay, so I'm asking you in that period, which would be February to April of 2021, until January of 22, did any of your children stay at your house? And you don't have to yell at me. I'm able to understand. So I would ask you to not yell at me. That being said, I don't actually expressly remember, but I can tell you, since I have left my home, there have been times my oldest daughter came in. But I can't tell you with certainty the time window that you said, if they did or not. So I don't want to speculate to that. But there was some time that my oldest daughter came back. Whether it was that period or after I left the Yodi residence, I'm not sure. Okay? Okay, so the, if, if I continue to go into more detail on this, you're not going to be able to give me an answer of whether or not, in fact any of your children were still at the house or stayed at your house during that time period, correct? What I can give you clarity of, so that we are clear, is from the time I moved out in February-ish of 2021, um, after I left there, there was a time period that my oldest daughter came back. But if you're asking me, was it in that window or after, I just don't have a recollection of that because, you know, your kids come and they go. And so I don't remember the specific time period, and I apologize for that. Did your children ever stay with you at the Yerti condo? Uh, like maybe a night. Okay. Like for a girl's night or something, but live with? No. Okay. Did anyone else stay with you at the Yerti condo, okay. including Miss Yerti? No, Miss Yerti never lived in the condo. She met her <laughs> husband 
and they moved. They weren't quite married, but they moved. Nobody ever lived with me in the condo. That was a my a word was period. my word was stayed, not lived. Stayed with you at the condo. I guess I don't understand the distinction, but no one ever. My I think my baby's my oldest child. I think she spent one night with me. Maybe my oldest and my youngest. But I think that whole time I was in that place, other than that one night, I don't think anyone ever, um, this was a very lonely period in my time, life. I don't think anyone ever spent the night other than maybe one night. I remember a picture of my baby sitting on the couch in that place, and I'm thinking she spent that night. But just a very lonely time in life. Okay. We'll stay with the lonely theme just for a minute. Did Nathan Wayne visit you? at the Yerti condo from the time you moved in until he was hired on November the 1st of 2021. So I moved out uh, of that condo, but during that time period, he, yeah, I'm sure he came to visit. Uh, he came to visit. I can remember us going, I think the restaurants Lickety Split, I can remember him picking me up, going to Lickety Split and eating, ordering some food and coming and sitting at my table and eating. So I remember times that he visited me at that condo, yes. Okay, could you give us an approximation of how many times Mr. Wade visited you at the condo between the time you moved in and prior to November 1 of 2020? I don't think often, but I don't, rem I don't want to speculate. Can we say more than five, more than ten? I'm going to tell you the problem I'm having here. Let's say more than 10, but I'm not sure that that's even accurate. Uh, he certainly has come and picked me up. He's gone and grabbed some food to eat. Uh, I don't remember him being in that condo a lot. Okay, that's I, I don't, I'm sorry. You want a number and what I don't want to do. Giving me your, your current invest, and best recollection is all I'm asking for. That's all I can give you, sir. How many times did any of the prosecution team, how long, how many times did Anna Cross come to that condo between the time you moved in and November 1st of 2021? I don't think Anna's ever been to that condo. What about any other prosecutor that's involved in the prosecution of this case? I don't think any of them have. Just Mr. Wade. That's correct, sir. <clears throat> but it was a lonely time. <laughs> oh, my God. That, yeah, that 2021... Uh, I have a lot of guilt about this time period in my life. Let me tell you why. But yes, it was a lonely time. Okay. I was very appreciative to the citizens for giving me this responsibility and this duty. But what I very, very quickly learned is that this is a very isolating job. And 2021 was a lonely time. I turned 50 in 2021. That's probably one of the worst birthdays I've ever had. I, I spent it alone. So I have a clear recollection of 2021 being lonely. Okay. Did Mr. Wade ever come visit you at the condo, the time period I'm talking about, prior to November of 2021, when Miss Yerty was at the condo? So Miss Yerty and me, were, we didn't share the condo at the same time. So the answer would be no. Well, we never stayed there together, so it's an well, impossibility. Saying, it's an impossibility. Yeah. Okay. Now, Miss, so Miss Yerty, because we need to get clarification on this. Miss Yerty stayed in that place. There may have been a time that me and Mr. Wade visit, like went and saw Ms. Yerdy, like he's like but me and Ms. Yerdy never lived there together. <clears throat> Just so we're clear. 
Well, maybe that was clear, but I'm going to have to try again. Okay. Was Miss Yearty still living in the condo when you moved in? Not a day. Okay. So that what I'm talking misrepresentation in this. We never lived together. I, I never lived with Miss Yearty. My question, though, I'm trying to understand okay. that after you moved in to the condo, Miss Yearty had been. She was out of the condo, right? She got a house. Uh, That's all I'm asking. She's not in the condo. She is. We never stay. Miss Yerty and I never stay a day together in the condo. All of her stuff was out of the condo, and all my stuff, some of my stuff, not all of it, obviously, was moved into the condo. So we never stayed there together. No, sir. All right. So when I ask you about Mr. Wade visiting the condo yes. when you were staying there, yes. Miss Yearty wasn't staying there, correct? That would be correct, yes. She wouldn't be at the condo, correct? No, she would not have been. It would be you and Mr. Wade alone at the condo, correct? Yes. That is, there weren't any other witnesses to Mr. Wade and you at the condo, correct? Yes. No security, none of your security detail. No, Jack, she said it was just her and Mr. Wade. You made your point, Mr. Sado. Let's move on to the next one. Yes, Your Honor. Who in the prosecution team, prior to, I guess, the motion being filed by um, Defendant Ro Roman, who in the prosecution team knew of your personal relationship, and now I'm talking romantic, with Mr. Wade? So, sir, I am extremely private. All I ask no, no, is no. who knew. It's not, if you, the answer is no one knew, that's fine. No. I ask you who knew. Answer, Let me just tell answer you, it and then explain this to us. I am very private. When I supervised Mr. Body and Mr. McAfee, they didn't know who I was dating, but I can assure you I was dating somebody. So that I kept something private, that's my private life, is not any mystery to anyone. It, it's, it, it's, it's like a, a woman doesn't have the right to keep her private life private. And I'm speaking on this because there have been all these in, intimations. You still haven't answered the question, Ms. Willis. I'm sorry, what was the question that you Is there anyone else who knew about it? And then you can explain. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I certainly didn't um, go out telling my business to the world. Okay, so, the best of your recollection, you didn't inform anyone on the prosecution team that the individual that you had chosen to lead the prosecution team had a personal Got relationship it. with you. So I, that I correct? That's inaccurate. Your, your question is inaccurate. What? Because you, you stated that the person I chose, we had a personal relationship. So we had a friendship. We have to. We have all these distinguishing factors. Remember, when I chose him in November of 21, first of all, let's get this straight. Mr. Wade was not actually my first choice. That's no insult to him. Your Honor, no, I, no, I, I is, you, because of the way you phrased the question, you said, when I chose him, I didn't inform people of a personal relationship. We have defined personal as Your romantic. Honor. It is an inaccurate way to state the question. Then I will certainly restate it so it is very accurate. Okay, and please do not yell at me. <laughs> you hired Mr. Wade for the first time on November 1st of 2021, correct? Year of 2021, okay. yes, sir. Your testimony is, whether one accepts it or not, your testimony is <clears throat> that at the time you hired Mr. Wade, there had never been a romantic relationship with Mr. Wade before you hired him, correct? Yes, my testimony is that we were very good friends, but not 
we're talking about sex, so let's just don't. Well, no, I'm not talking about. I'm saying romantic relationship doesn't necessarily have to be just sex. Well, it can I be dating. It can be holding hands. It can be any of those things that one might call romantic. I'm asking you whether or not prior to November 1st of 2021, there was a romantic relationship with Mr. Wade. It's very simple. It's either a yes or a no. I don't consider my relationship with him to be romantic before that. I'm not a hand holder, so no. That's fine. Now, let's move beyond November 1st of 2020. 2021, excuse me. I understand your testimony. There was no romantic relationship with Mr. Wade until early in 2022, whether it be January or February or March, early in 2022, correct? I would say sometime between February and April. Yes, sir. All right. Now, I'm asking you about that time period when it became romantic. Yes, Okay. Thank you. Okay. You didn't see the need, if I understand, to tell any of the people on the prosecution team when you had established a romantic relationship with Mr. Wade that the lead prosecutor, that is the people, the man that was basically giving orders to others, was dating or having a romantic relationship with you, correct? I'm going to object to relevance. Point, Your Honor. It's just to, to prove or attempting to show that there is an issue on the credibility about the relationship. The failure to have informed anyone, anyone on her team that she was having a romantic relationship with the lead prosecutor, I suggest gives rise to that inference. That's the relevance. The inference that... The inference that that they were concealing this because it was not as it's been characterized to the court. And then, in fact, it started earlier than what they say. All right. Overall, Mr. Sena. I just want to make sure they were clear. From at least 2020, me and Mr. Wade were friends. At least that time period. Okay, I'm not talking about... No, no, no. I just want to be clear because my credibility is being evaluated here, right? We were friends. We hung out prior to November of 2021. In November of 2021... I hired him. I do not consider our relationship to have become romantic until early of 2022. Because I don't know a date and time. I'm saying sometime between February and April of 2022. And very early April of 2022. Because I know that trip that I discussed with you was like the first week of 2022. That the relationship had become romantic. I hope that answered your question. But I can't have it where, you know, we're saying something differently. All right, so you've established the timeline, as you put it. The question originally was, uh, at the time, at that time, did you tell any other prosecutors? Uh, prosecutors? I never tell people at work who I'm dating. All right, Mr. Sato. Okay. Did you take any trips to D.C. with Mr. Wade? Never. Did you ever, did you take, okay, so do you have no, what I would call personal trips or business trips to D.C. with Mr. Wade? I never went to D.C. with Mr. Wade, personal, business, otherwise, never. Okay, so I've never been in the District of Columbia with Mr. Wade or Maryland, Virginia, the DMV, as they call it. So as I understand it, just to be clear, any trips that you would have taken to see D.C. That's would not clear, have, that was a pretty clear answer. Huh? That was a pretty clear answer. No. She just said no. What? 
So you have a variation or something new to bring up. I'll ask it and we'll see. Did you take trips to D.C. that were non-business during the time period that this case or this matter was under investigation? I'm going to object to relevance as it relates to the matter that we're here before you on it. Well, again, the, the question I asked is take personal or business trips. She said. But, I, but that was with Mr. Wade. Business. That was with Mr. Wade. This I asked her alone whether she took. Okay. What's the and what would be the relevance of that? I'm trying to understand whether or not we we have the ability to show a personal trip in which Mr. Wade is there at the same time. I understand her answer. Okay, I understand her answer, but we have documents, we have records that. Okay. Well, this could be something that's maybe not part of the record yet, but if he has a, I think there have been other things discussed in this case, and they have evidence that Mr. Wade may have been in D.C. at the same time. If you want to ask about that exact specific date, Mr. Sadon, you can do that. I that was not asked of Mr. Wade, uh, anything about any trips to D.C. Sure. And so that's going to limit its uh, merit and impact and on credibility. So Mr. Sadon, I'll ask the question. So, so there, I understand your testimony is you never took a trip to D.C. with Mr. Wade. That's correct. Personal or business. That's correct. Were you ever in D.C. at the same time as Mr. Wade? I was not. Personal or business. No, me and Mr. Wade have not been to D.C. at the same time. However, uh, since Mr. Wade has been on this case, he's been to D.C. Since Mr. Wade has been on to this, this case, I've been to D.C. What has not happened is we have not been in the District of Columbia at the same time. Now, the only thing I'm not sure about with what you asked me is if I've been to D.C. personally, because i got a lot of personal friends in that area, but I know that I... Um, have been to D.C. Uh, I did an interview at Howard University. I went to D.C. for that. Seems like I've been to D.C. one other time. Oh, I went to D.C. for the Global Summit. Actually, yeah, those were two separate trips. My next question is based on her opening the door, and therefore I'll just ask it, and Your Honor can decide whether or not it's appropriate. When you went to D.C., did you go to the White House? Okay. I did not go to the White House. No. Well, apparently I'm going to get the answer anyhow. You indicated your best recollection was that your relationship with Mr. Wade, the romantic relationship, uh, ended, um, you left it in August of 2023. That sound right? That's the hard conversation. That's not the... uh... We've covered this. Next question. And you characterize it as a tough conversation, Correct. Yes. I'm not going to get into the conversation per se. Well, if he doesn't want to, we won't go there. So, Mr. Sadon, next question. (laughs) You know, it's kind of hard to say no when you've got that opportunity. All I'm going to say is, was it pre-indictment in this case? So, we know the time. Okay, 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 okay. I don't want to put everybody to sleep, but uh, two things. Number one. She's answering questions that she didn't have to. She's completely just incompetent, number one. As a DA, I can't even believe it. Number two, she just said, you should ask me questions about the hard conversation. So, all right, so from a merely entertainment standpoint, because I'm not an attorney, what is that alluding to? Are they, is she, if, if he asks the right questions, is she, is she gonna burn him down to save her own ass? 
I, I just wonder. All right, we'll keep going. I just wonder. Mind that the indictment was delivered. Okay. And, but, and, and, and so that we're clear, the okay. physical relationship ended pre-indictment. And is that when you were talking about the tough conversation? But I, the, I'm not sure that the tough conversation didn't happen until after, but the physical relationship. So I'm sure if you ask Mr. Wade, because he's a male, he would say we ended June or July because physical contact ended then. Just in my mind, being a woman, it's over when you have that, like, hard conversation. That's, I just think. Man, ask her about it, dude. And I think Come the answer, on. Mr. Seda, to your question was she's not sure whether it was before or after the indictment. Well, I'm not I'm not sure that that was her answer, but let's see if I can get specific. That is what I said. That's what I said. I'll let you. Next question, Mr. Seda. If you need to clarify. Want to say one more? The romantic relationship ended before the indictment was returned. Yes or no? To a man, yes. Well, to a man, yes. To you, no? She's explained this, right? Seda. She's explained this. And did the, and the, did the forthcoming indictment have anything to do with that? Ooh. Or was it just a coincidence? Ask her. Mr. Let's go on and have the conversation. Oh, she's going to do it. I just ask you whether or not it was a coincidence. had absolutely nothing to do with this. It's interesting that we're here about this money. Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. We <laughs> have brutal arguments about the fact that I am your equal. I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. And so there was tension always in our relationship, which is why I was give him his money back. I don't need anybody to foot my bills. The only man who's ever foot my bills completely is my daddy. Oh. Is there anything else you would like to add to that? No. Oh, I want sure. to clip that and put it out so it. bad. No, we're not going to talk about it further. I all right, no back and forth, Mr. Sedow. Next question. Uh, my next question is something that I would, that has to do with the, what I've characterized as the church speech. Let me just tell you what the question is, because I know that's not Preserve it for the record. Huh? You can preserve the questions for the record, but we'll, then we'll move on. That's correct. Thank you. When you gave what I've referred to as the Martin Luther King weekend church speech, you know what I'm referring to. A great honor of mine. That's a historic African-American church. Yes, I do. Okay. Did you have handwritten Josh probably got a phone call. I don't know what happened. Jennifer, I don't know the whole backstory here. Um, but did you also find it interesting she compared herself to being a companion like a freaking dog? Well, isn't that the appropriate LGBTQIA phrase? They call themselves companions and not like whatever. I think she was just trying to be politically correct, but I think it's that whole woman power thing. Although she did literally just throw her, her like guy under the bus pretty well. And uh, someone needs to make the meme of Fanny Willis making a sandwich. Okay, who's ever on that? You're going to be a hero. Just get it done, dude. I, I, first of all, I'd like to take a victory lap real quick because I was dead right. All right, I was like, man, 
it's almost like she wants she wants him to ask those questions so she could say something publicly about him and throw him under the bus. And I was 100% right. And holy cow, like this woman, she's either got so much arrogance and hubris that she thinks that she can act and say however she wants in a court of law and everything's going to be fine. Um, or two, she knows that it's already over. Might as well get on with it. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say my piece on the way out the door before I say peace. And this is kind of one of those things where she's also petty, right? She's also petty and arrogant. And if you guys listen to the, some of the testimony from Nathan Wade today, she's probably like really pissed at him for saying the things that he said and screwing up. So she's going to throw him under the bus and make him look like this misogynist and all these things. This is wild. <laughs> Uh, here we go. So do I, do I not get an answer for that? That's right. Uh, did you read your speech? Well, no, Mr. Sadow, for everything related to any forensic... Oh, you just want me to stay out of it now? We're just not... It's, we can do it in a bullet form if you just want to cover what you would have asked. But it's not in a question and answer format. Okay, so I should do that at this point or do it... Sure. ...when you're ready? We can do it right now, so it's... Fresh right. I'm going to ask her about... Did she prepare the speech? Did she have notes on the speech? Did she read the speech? Um, when did she do this? When did she write the speech? Who was she referring to when she was talking about um, others? Who was she referring to when she said they? Who she was referring to when she spoke in terms of their? That is, their, I would their, love to answer those questions. Well, Miss Wells, uh, you can certainly. Do that in some other format. But for today, that's uh, what we decided we're not going to cover. Who was she talking about that was playing the race card and why she didn't tell the people at the church that she was that she had had a personal slash romantic relationship with the, I'll do respect the way it was characterized, the black man that she was referring to. And was the black man she refer, referring to was that Mr. Wade? Okay. That's that area of inquiry. Noted for the record, Mr. Sedow. Next topic. Okay. I realize that you testified that you have no records um, that with regard to cash payments, yes. correct? Mm -hmm. Would your bank records reflect that you withdrew cash from your Is bank rubber banding for during the time period of? I don't know. Is it rubber banding for anybody else? Might have been just me, Trash. Yeah, no, it's fine. 2020, 2021, 2022, or 2023? I'm not asking you, I'm just asking whether they would reflect that you withdrew cash from any of your bank accounts. So the exact amounts? No, just but yeah, that of course, you did. Of course, I withdrew money throughout that time period, throughout my life. I've, I would draw money from the bank. Yes, of course. Talking about cash from that is that you go to a cash, bank right. or you go to an ATM cash. and you take cash out. Either that way or you go to Publix and you overpay or you go to another store and you overpay. So, yes, both through that. Yes, uh, of course, they will reflect that at times. Okay. And so those records, if we had them, would show that, correct? That throughout the course of my life, I took no, out no, money. From, I, I was very specific. I said yes, during the course of that time period, I would have taken money out. Yes. So, do you have a problem with? Re I absolutely. So, yes. You don't want the bank records to be made available I for the court and the court alone. I'm not going to object. This is irrelevant, and this is 
already been addressed earlier as it relates to other records. This is an improper line of question. No, it's not. Doing it for the purpose of harassment. Right, I'm just going to sustain it on relevance. Uh, Mr. Okay. out that's something you want to follow up privately? Uh, you can do that. Uh, last area, briefly. Yes, sir. You had contact with Mr. Wade in the tw year 2020, correct? Ooh, um, I had some contact with Mr. Wade. Would you explain when you say some contact? Please tell us, the talk about 2020. I had some contact with Mr. Wade in 2020. Um, one of the reasons your allegations are so preposterous or mismerchants that you have joined is... Ma'am, no, 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 I didn't no, no, ask you about the allegations. I asked you about your contact. That's all I ask you, okay? I appreciate that, that you want to say something, but I'm interested in did you have contacts with Mr. Wade in 2020? And your answer so far has been yes, correct? Very limited contact because um, Mr. Wade had a form of cancer that makes your allegations somewhat ridiculous. I, I do appreciate the characterization. I'm not going to emasculate a black man, but I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm that. sorry, what? I'm not going to emasculate <laughs> a black man. Did you understand that? All right, well, I don't think we should discuss further. Mr. Sato, next question. Trying to. <laughs> on the occasions in. <laughs> <laughs> but she just did, like, I don't know, two minutes ago. Bro, she's about to go sideways. All right, here we go. 2020, that you had contact with Mr. Wade. I'm sorry, I thought I had answered that. Yes, yes, sir, there were times in 2020 I had contact, but 2020 was a year I was running for office. It was a year that he was going through some serious medical issues, and I did not have much contact, but I certainly had contact with him in 2020. Did you it go out to eat with him? Maybe, probably. Did you, did you visit him in any location, his office, or did he visit you in your office in 2020? I am sure he, uh, I'm sure, ooh, that's a very good question. I'm sure he came to 750 in 2020. 750 not, is? Was my office. Okay. Um, not often, but maybe once or twice. Uh, maybe I went to his office once or twice, but maybe once. And the purpose for going to his office would have been what? Maybe we would have went to Mellow Mushrooms for pizza, or uh, maybe he would have come for lunch. I'm sure we went by each other's office, though, but not often, not a lot. We, we both grinded, trying try to make but, a living. I understand what you've said about the cancer, and I'm not going into that. When you were going out with him to restaurants or when he would come to your office, right? Those were not sterile environments, were they? Oh, very sterile because it was... The restaurants were sterile environments? A lot of times we wouldn't eat there. We would pick up something and go in, but they were... You... I'm, li I'm listening to you. You pick yeah. up and take it to where? Maybe eat at our office, but it did not happen much. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. And my office in 2020, nobody was coming in. I was stir crazy, so I would still go into my office. You remember when I started this, I said, I am not even sure if we came to each other's offices, but I am trying to be over cautious. So I think I can recall him at 750 a couple of times. Um, 
think I can recall him at 750 once, but let's say twice. I have seen his office. I remember all the awards in the lobby, but I'm not sure in 2020 I, I went. I'm not even sure I went in 2020 at all. I just want to tell you, yes, because I'm not sure. But I, I have a, I have a distinct recollection of him at 750. I actually don't have a distinct recollection of me at his office in 2020. But maybe I went to his office in 2020. Maybe. Did you have ongoing phone conversations during 2020 with Mr. Wade? Oh yeah, I talked to. Him. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. No question about that. No question. I talked to him on the phone in 2020. Uh, I understood, and this is, I, maybe I was confused. The Belize trip was for his, his 50th birthday. His 50th birthday, and that was in March. He, he turned 50 March 18th, 2023. If you look at the dates of the trip, I think we were there about six days. Um, we stayed at two different locations. Um, and so, you paid for it. 100%. He said, not only, I mean, I paid for the hotel, I paid for the flights, I had a birthday luncheon for him, I paid for massages, I paid for everything. And would those payments be reflected on your credit cards? Cash. You cash. paid them in cash? Cabs. Cabs. I was telling you all the different things. I'm I a, and I'm asking you whether or not those payments would be reflected on credit card bills of yours. So there was about $500 that I think is reflected on a debit card. I, what my recollection is, I took about four in cash with me to that. Four hundred or four thousand. Four thousand. But I remember I handed him twenty five hundred, and then the rest was just the money we spent. I probably gave three or four hundred dollars to uh, this guy who was a taxi driver. He would drive us every day around the two or three days we went. Took him to eat like it was my it was my trip money. And you had okay, okay, okay. Now I see. Now I see. So. What he's getting to, what she's trying to explain is that she only put like maybe some deposits or pay for something, $500 on a debit card, and everything else was cash. She brought four grand in cash. But of that four grand, she gave it to him, 2,500 of it. So I bet you what he's about to get to is that 2,500 was actually spent by Nathan Wade on his business account credit card. I think that's where we're going. And I think that's what she's trying to dodge here by saying that she gave him the cash to spend on his uh, credit card when, and the entire premise of this conversation is you didn't have all this cash. You didn't have all this cash at your house and you're not going to give us bank records showing that you withdrew this money. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening here. That's 100% what's happening here. All right, I'll keep going. Thousand that you've just told us. But I didn't give it all to him, remember. I only gave the 2500 to him. I, I didn't ask you that. I was going to ask you that 4000 is... Part of your, my words, cash hoard that you've collected over time. Cash what? Hoard, H-O-R-D-E. Oh, I thought you said something different, sir. No, I'm afraid I wouldn't say that. Uh -oh. Any circumstances to you or in All right, back on track. The hoard, cash hoard debt. I, I would not classify it at, in that way, but I have money at my house. Yes, sir. And the money, when you had money at your house. My, when I, and look, I'm speaking too loosely. I had money wherever I was staying. So I was not referring to my house in 750. I'm saying I had money wherever I was laying my head. Yes, sir. I, that was my fault that I wasn't clear. So when you were at what we said, the Yerti condo, during the time period we've always discussed, that's where you would keep your cash. When I stayed there, yes. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you.
want to see if we can get through a few more defense counsel if possible before breaking for today. Mr. Stockton. Yeah, I'm here. What? It was a joke. Oh, oh, Mr. Stockton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I... I, I, you know, I, I think I'm right, right? Because this is the whole, this is the whole argument. They're saying, no, 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 no. I paid a bunch of cash. Nathan Wade, may, he may have paid for some on his business expenses, but no, 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 no. And I, I think, I, I think that they are absolutely screwed because she's not going to give up the bank records. So the same thing as pleading the fifth. Yet she's saying, positing that she has all this cash wherever she goes. So what is she carrying around four or five grand wherever she goes, essentially? Because that's essentially yeah, what she's yeah, saying. That's, that's what people in Atlanta do. Oh, yeah. In Fulton County. We no do less. not do that. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Th they that do. ain't Atlanta, honey. Idiot. No. Make she's it rain, Fulton. baby. Make it rain. Right. You know what's going on. The dirty, dirty south. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to be clear. So from the first questions uh, from uh, Miss Merchant, she kept saying, well, okay, if you have all this cash all the time everywhere, uh, why didn't you pay your tax lien? And you were broke going into 2020 as yourself, as you're saying. But now you're just, what, swimming in cash? You want to have any receipts for that? No, we don't have any receipts for the cash payments, okay? Do you have any receipts for the cab driver, the four or 500 that you said? No, I don't have those. Do you have any uh, withdrawal slips for the cash? Well, I may have gone to Publix and got cash back. Oh, you did that? 400 times because it's a max 100 do, do you have any receipts for that no no well, we're not going to give you the bank records that show all the withdrawals so essentially this entire premise their lie that they're trying to hold together is that Fonnie Wills is paying her out of her own pocket and she was paying all this with cash and at the same time on this trip that they took she gave him $2,500 because he paid for it but she wanted to pay for everything this wasn't coming out of his money that he got from Fulton County when he had no other cases going, 50% of his case that case load at that time during this investigation and indictment, 50% of his revenue was from Fulton County. That means he, what, he had one other case maybe? So yeah, that's that's that that's the entire crux it looks like of their wannabe defense. Then it's falling apart. That's the that's the purpose of these questions, guys. I know it gets a little tedious, but I'm trying to break it down so people understand why he's asking these questions and what the why she's answering the way she's answering. Yeah, Gavin. Uh, what stands out to me is okay because if I were the lawyer, this is the question I would ask, and I know it would be objected to, but can't help but ask. So, in other words, you get bribed by the local gangs to rule in their favor and you have a big stack of cash and you're laundering, laundering drug money to uh, cover up your affair. Sounds like she needs a Rico case. Oh, I, I, I'm withholding like what I want to say until we get through this, but it's time. It's fucking time. I pop popcorn. <laughs> Here we go. Let's continue on does it but now with the exception of it on your credit cards oh here we go i'm sure he came to 750 in 2020 750 is with my office okay um not often but maybe once or twice uh, maybe i went to his office once or twice but maybe once and the purpose for going to his office would have been what 
maybe we would have went to Mellow Mushrooms for pizza or uh, oh, to those locations. So. But not Australia or any other uh, in the time sorry, period. Trying to find spot. That's where you would keep your cash. When I stayed there, yes. Okay. That's all I have. Thank you. All right. I want to see if we can get through a few more defense counsel if possible before breaking for today. Mr. Stockton. Mr. Stockton. This poor judge. This judge this worked on I'm Alan Stockton. I don't think we've had the pleasure of meeting. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Um, Madam DA, you described these various trips, and uh, Mr. Sadow asked you about going to Washington. Did you and Mr. Wade go to New York? I've gone to New York. Um, I've gone to New York twice um, since I've been district attorney. <clears throat> I think it was two or three times. I went to do a domestic violence thing there for sure. And I was honored and I went to the Apollo there. Those are the only two trips that come to mind. I went. He was not with me. You also said that he was a world traveler and had been on many of the continents. Have, been to six. Have you been on any of those continents with him? Um, Besides this one? Uh, where's Belize? What continent is it? I'm not being funny. I don't know. Let's say with the I've exception the of... Belize with him. I've been to the Bahamas with him. I've been with Aruba with him. Don't embarrass me. I'm not sure what continents those are on. Whatever continents those are, that's where I've been. I'm sure if I gave it some thought, I would tell you. But whatever continents those are, that I've been to those locations, sir. But not Australia or any other continents? I don't even want to go to Australia. I do know he took a trip in December to Australia. I have no idea. You know, I don't know anything about that trip. When... Mr. Wade began working with your office. Yes. He had two other gentlemen that worked in his firm with him. Is that correct? Yes. He, uh, Terrence Bradley worked for him and Chris Campbell worked not for him. They worked with each other. Did you understand what their partnership arrangement was? I, no. Did he ever make you aware of how fees were divided or anything? No. Now, since you have been district attorney, the two gentlemen that worked with Mr. Wade and his firm, they also had contracts with your office. Is that correct? I probably had two. Oh, I, don't we already, well, I don't know if we've covered this in this Willis, but I still don't know what the relevance would be of her testifying to this. But I've had about 10 people. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want let's, me to answer Let's figure else? this out. Judge, respectfully, I, I think based on Mr. Wade's testimony, he had an interest in those contracts. Sure. And then, but how has that been imputed to Miss Willis? I, I don't know if whether or not she knew she was giving him that benefit. That's what I was trying to explore. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we can start with that question. And then if she doesn't know about it, then the ins and outs of all the contracts wouldn't be quite as relevant. Just to lay a foundation for that, though, I, Let's see where it takes I need us. to. Go ahead. The, the two gentlemen that were in Mr. Wade's office... Did they have what I think has been referred to as a taint contract? So let me be clear, and I'm, I may get the names wrong. When I first became DA, this, the office was not properly staffed. And so I did, I'm surprised any lawyer would take it, but I did a contract for like $60 an hour to help us out with first appearance. That lasted a few months. Okay, so I can't remember if Bradley or Campbell had that. I'm sure we can have records and I can tell you which one, but I just can't remember now. Um, I like their experience. One had been 
Bradley had been a probation officer and a defense attorney. Uh, Campbell had been a police officer and a um, defense attorney. There's a reason I'm telling you this. Then um, that that contract, like I said, it didn't last long. It was just I was aggressively hiring, 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 hiring. As soon as I got where I felt like I had first appearance, enough lawyers for that, I let them go. Then we had what's called a filter contract, but it was not filter for this particular case. I do have a lawyer um, who does the filter for this election interference case. When we're talking about filter, the contract they had that neither one of them has any longer. Um, I now have another lawyer that does that for me. It was only for police brutality cases. It's for what I call the, um, so when I first got to be the DA, I had, um, the whole unit was called anti-corruption. It dealt with both elections and police brutality cases. I actually took a trip to Houston and visited the district attorney in Houston. They divided their work up, and I thought the way she was doing it was better than my, me. And so I, I made a civil rights unit. And so they did what we would classify as civil rights cases. Those are specifically the police brutality cases. Can I just take a pause for a moment and saying that she created an anti-corruption bureau, modeled it very similar to what's going on in New York, changed it a little bit to a civil rights bureau. And she has police brutality and elections only, only not anything else anti-corruption. The only anti-corruption bureau she has is police brutality and elections. Boy, I'd like to explore that a little bit. Anyway, I'll let her continue, but I just thought I'd point that out. That seems very specific, given the timing. When I first took over, I was told Paul had not filtered five cases. That was a joke. It ended up being the 101 cases. They weren't filtered, which is why I hired two of them. Eventually, we got it down enough that it was one of them. Um, and then... Um, now I still have one lawyer that does it, but now I've been able to cut those cases down to like 30. Can you tell me the, help me understand what the purpose of the filter is? Yes, sir. So what a filter is, is police officers make statements in the line of duty and you are not allowed as the prosecutor to know what those statements are if they're done in the furtherance of their employment. And in fact, if you know what those statements are, you're basically disqualified from the case. You can't have it anymore. So what our policy is, I think I pay them like a $50 flat fee. They pick the case up directly from the GBI because that's where those cases go to. And then what they are to do is to re go through the entire file. So um, the body cam, the uh, which is important because sometimes they'll make a statement to their supervisor on body cam in the police reports where they write things. The, if It would be easy if it was just some statement of the police officer. But what you find out is these statements are embedded in it. And so what your filter lawyer does is they go through it. They either redact it out electronically or they cross it out. And then once it is crossed out, then they provide it to my team, and then we're able to look at it. Um, that was not being done appropriately when I became district attorney. I thought that it had only been, so Mr. Howard had some Chinese wall thing that I didn't think worked at all, uh, where allegedly those cases were properly redacted. That ended up being a joke. Um, and so the five cases really turned into, I'm not going to say all 101, 
but a vast majority. That is the work that Mr. Bradley and Mr. Campbell did for me. They did a really good job. All of those cases that we originally came with, they're done. Those cases are, they're not just done for Mr. Bradley and Mr. Campbell. They're done through my office, but obviously life is not stagnant. There have been new police cases. Um, I do have a lawyer that is doing that work now that doesn't work for me. That's same kind of deal. I have another lawyer that does filtering for this case, completely separate. Boy, I tell you what, I've actually, that's actually bringing up a lot of questions if you really think about it for a minute. So the purpose of this filtering system, as she explained it, is if, so if there's statements that are made in certain cases by police, that's supposed to be redacted. So when the district attorney receives the case, um, they're not supposed to know what the, what the cop, what the cop's statements were at that time. It's only the evidence of what's, what's going on. What she's saying here is that the two other attorneys that were in the office with Nathan Wade that shared the office with Nathan Wade were on this team, that they were, their, their sole duty was to go through it as licensed attorney and filter it and redact the stuff back out and then turn it over to Fonnie Willis. It leaves me with questions as considering that they had a personal relationship, Nathan Wade, they share an office and the proper protocol wasn't happening. Therefore, they were trying to make sure it was audit proof when they started really doing some activist type shit out of this office and subverting law. It raises me a lot of questions. If this was not a system that was designed to be perverted and she had a perfect system set up and part of this filtration system that would get her wins and get her cases to the desk that she could actually try because they were properly redacted through filtering systems, that she would not only increase her record as a DA, and thus, it's not just a relationship and going on lavish trips. It's, all right, I'm actually going to pay you a ton of money. I want to see where this is going, but do, do you guys, are you guys following my train of thought here? No. What? Does anybody else, did anybody else follow the train of my thought then? Jesus yeah, I know, I know what you're getting at. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so in the same private office, you had a filter contract. Then you had somebody else having handling first appearances and so forth, and then you had a special prosecutor. Is that correct? I'm I'm just not. Ultimately, the answer to your question is yes, but I'm not sure that they did it at the same time. The first appearance contract was either sixty or ninety dollars. I don't know really how I convinced them to be able to take that, but I think because it was for such a short amount of time, and then I think I paid my filter lawyers, which I still don't know how I get away with, about 150 an hour. And I want you to understand, the AG pays special prosecutors $1,000 an hour. So um, I'm a tough negotiator. Paul was paying people up to $375 an hour. Um, I won't pay anyone more than $250 is my max. I have a lot of lawyers that, a lot for what I have, that work at $250 and I cap them every month. You can't go past a certain amount of hours. Would you agree that if if Mr. Wade and the two other gentlemen that were in his firm were splitting fees in equal thirds, would you agree that he would benefit from the tank contract and also from the other first appearance contract? I, w I would agree he would make money. Yet, so to make money is a benefit. Judge all guy. Mr. Durham, you're still with us on Zoom. No question, Your Honor. Mr. McDougald. Have a couple, Your Honor, but it's a little awkward from back here. 
Good afternoon, Ms. Wills. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you, Mr. McDougall? I think this is our first in-person meeting, correct? Second. Second? Well, I apologize for not remembering you more clear. That's quite all right. Um, I'm referring now to December 21. Yes, sir. Which was your financial disclosure form for 2022. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and it has a question which requires you to disclose any gifts or favors from a single prohibited source in the aggregate amount of $100 or more. Do you see that? I don't, but I believe you. It would be on page two in the middle, paragraph number three. Yes. And what is your understanding of a prohibited source for purposes of this form? I believe there's some classification of somebody you like don't have a personal relationship with that gives you a hundred dollars. All right, if you look under bought, under there at subparagraph two, Romanet two, it defines it as someone that you know or should know is seeking to do or is doing business with the county, correct? Yes, but I Yes, let me, yes. That includes Mr. Wade as of the date you filled out this form, correct? Yes, but he never gave me a gift of $100 or more. Um, the only thing that I would say maybe went over that, but I don't think it ever did, is if we went to dinner and my meal was $100, but I don't think I've ever eaten $100 worth of food at a restaurant because I, I would not pay him back if we went to lunch or went to dinner. Hmm. Um, but trips... I paid him back for, you know, I never thought about the money until y'all brought it up. And I would be less than honest. It says I was giving him the money back because I was the district attorney. Um, I didn't take gifts from him for a lot of personal reasons. Anyway, I did not take gifts from him. And so your reason for not disclosing any gifts from Mr. Wade on exhibit number 21 is that the aggregate amount on a net basis was less than $100 in the year 2022. Is that correct? I did not accept a gift of him of more than $100 in 2022. The one exception to that, if you, because I, I want us to be clear, is we probably went out to eat multiple times in the year, if you're considering eating a meal, you know, because we went out multiple times, that probably went to the level of more than a hundred dollars. But if, if we're doing tit for tat like that, I probably paid for as many meals as he paid for. And so I did not receive any gifts from him. The question on the form. Right. I understand the, the question. aggregate in excess of $100. And your testimony is that you did Mr. not Google. receive in the aggregate more than $100. All right, Mr. McDougal, you can sit down now. I don't believe she answered that question, Your Honor. She answered as to specific individual gifts. And you're not listening to my answer either, so we're done. Very well. Okay. Mr. Rice. Ms. Uh, Mr. Gillen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Um, a few questions here. Uh, I want to, you, you saw the book here, uh, Find Me the Votes. That, that was shown to you, correct? 
Yes, sir. You know, I would like to uh, tender this as an exhibit, uh, number 22. Is that your copy? It is. All right. What exhibit is that going to be? 22. All right. I'm making the con the, uh, the is that evidentiary contribution here um, to this. Now, well, well, I guess the, you're, you're tendering it. Is it with the um, position of the state? Mr. Gillen, are you are using this to confront her with prior statements? Yes, Your Honor, and okay. statements that she made concerning her concerning her financial situation and laying the foundation for that, and that she gave these interviews uh, to the authors, and so this would uh, document that. And we ask her to get this in the record, ask her questions about it. Uh, we could mark it for impeachment purposes. I'm a little wary of entering an entire 300-page book because I don't know exactly what every single line, if it would pass hearsay or relevance or et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think it needs to be admitted as a an actual evidence for the record for you to do what you need to do with it. So, Well, uh, Your Honor, I, I understand. I, I just would... It's, uh, it's marked again. as exhibit 22, and I'll let you... We'll move from there. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Now... You were asked a little bit about this trope before, correct? I think Mrs. Mrs. Merchant. Mrs. Merchant did ask me some questions. Yes, and, and you gave about what about six interviews to the authors of this book and a sit down. No, sir. You didn't. Uh, and no. the, was she, it? She answered how many interviews she gave, in her opinion. How many, in your opinion, do you believe you gave, and how long did they last? Two to three, maybe twenty, thirty minutes. You, so your testimony is at most. You think that you gave maybe an hour to an hour and a half's interview to the authors of this book? Oh, you mean in total? In total, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Anywhere between, definitely not more than two-ish hours. Okay. But you also were telling, when when they were the, the title of the book, of course, is A Hard-Charging Georgia Prosecutor, A Rogue President and the Plot. Trash, you went mute. Yeah, what happened? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, because they were there. I did not accept a gift of him of more than $100 in 2022. The one about, what, about six interviews to the authors of this book and a sit-down? No, sir. You didn't? Uh, and no. the, was it? She answered how many interviews she gave, in her opinion. How many, in your opinion, do you believe you gave, and how long did they last? Two to three, maybe 20, 30 minutes. So your testimony is at most you think that you gave maybe an hour to an hour and a half's interview to the authors of this book? Oh, you mean in total? In total, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Anywhere between definitely not more than two-ish hours. Okay. But you also were telling when when they were the, the title of the book, of course, is A Hard-Charging Georgia Prosecutor, A Rogue President, and the Plot to Steal American election. You, yes, you, you've seen I had, that. Why is the title of the book relevant, sir? And I had no. And then I'm going to ask her the, whether or not that was the, the theme that they gave her when they talked with her. Yeah. What the thing gave her? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, because they were they were sat down and they told her why they were there to interview her. And why, and why does that matter? Well, I think it matters because it shows but the, they, they want her to give her version of what uh, her life story is. This is a life, almost sure. a life story of her. So that's why it's relevant. But if the court thinks it's not, then no, no, it's it, it could be relevant to your issue of the 
forensic misconduct that has been alleged and maybe some of the, the motives at play when it comes to forensic misconduct. But I'm not seeing, again, what we're here for today was the relationship and or any financial elements of it. Correct. Well, I think it clearly relevant to the uh, forensic misconduct, also relevant to the personal interest in terms of the finances. Let me. I didn't I make can, 10 I'll, cents I'll, off that book. Pardon me? I didn't make 10 cents off that book. Didn't I didn't ask whether you made any money. Okay, I just... I uh, didn't ask whether you made any money. Do you have any other statements that she hadn't already been confronted with by Ms. Merchant? Well, other than I want to, to, to focus on, when you were telling them about your financial straits and you're living kind of month to month, uh, that is what your financial status was back in 2018 after your election. Mr. Gunn, we, we covered that at length. And I'm, you just, you're at the end of the line. I'm sorry about that, but we've got to find new ground. Well, uh, you know, and let, let me move on to, to, to my point here. So the point is that what you're telling us is that uh, you were uh, in financial straits, but really that your testimony today is you had a cash hoard of maybe up to $10,000 in cash where you laid your head at night so that you would dip out and there would be no record of it, correct? That's not what I'm telling you, sir. Well, That's not... That's not at all what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is that throughout the course of my life, I have always kept cash in my house. That cash has ranged from times, you know, my father would probably be ashamed of this because he would say it should be more. But that time, that cash at times has ranged from $500 to maybe $9,000. And he, he would be like, that is not what I told you to do. Um, I've always had that amount of money. What I've told you is that when I travel, you do better negotiating when you travel. If you have cash, you can you go to get the cab. They say, oh, we're going to charge you 300 for the day. Well, I got American cash. Will you take it for 150? And so it's my practice to take money when I travel. We're not talking about a whole lot of money. We're going to the Bahamas. 1500 in cash is in my pocket or at the most 2500 Belize was actually probably the most money I've ever taken. And it was taken because it was a big deal. My 50th birthday sucked. His 50th birthday, it, it sucked. It was terrible. No. Your Honor, and I'd so like to get I'm, back to, to some questions here. I'm, I'm trying to answer it. I think it would help if we... So, so let's, let's, let's move to the specific yes or no's here. Have you told us today that you would keep uh, a cash hoard in your residence up to about $9,000? Yes or no? And, and throughout the course of my... Uh, adult life and so let's even be more specific than that probably from the time your honor i'm only asking for yes or no rather than but, no, we, and we have already covered this so i know you're laying the foundation but it's that, already been laid so uh, yes. uh, the, the filibuster is here i'm trying to move through the filibuster yeah but, but we're not talking about a lot of and so it's it could be two thousand it could be fifteen hundred it could be seventy five hundred it just depends on how what you're doing at that time what i'm telling you is when i traveled i took cash I find that when you travel, especially to foreign countries, the American dollar does well, and it's good to have cash. You can negotiate with the taxi driver, with the jet skis, with the, uh, and it's not a lot of money we're talking about. Honor, okay, we, understood, Ms. Wells. So let's get to, off the let's get to a question, Mr. Gunn. Um, and so you have cash in your house, but you had a lien, uh, a, a tax lien on your property. Is that right? I don't believe I had a tax lien on my property. You have a tax lien on your property. You got you to talk up louder, Mr. Huff. Okay, we, we already covered that, Mr. Gillen. I need new ground here. I'm asking the question. Of, uh, I'm trying to figure out how someone can have uh, have a tax lien. Then ask that question. But not 
use the money that they allegedly said they have. Well, I think Ms. Merchant asked that exact same question. She said she didn't use the money to pay her tax lien. So what's your question that's new? So, so I'm just going to build on that to say. No more bills. Uh, it's already built. All right. It's the same way you pay a bill. So just, just put it's the a, top on it if you need to, okay? It's the same way you owe a bill and go shopping. Well, uh, now, you know, have you ever used, did you say earlier that you used Cash App? I, when I would pay Robin Bryant, I used Cash App. What is Cash App for the record? I don't need to know that for the record. Let's keep going. Well, so uh, if you're paying Robin with Cash App, why aren't you paying, uh, allegedly paying Mr. Uh, There's no alleged here. Why aren't you paying, allegedly, Mr. Wade with Cash App? I don't think Mr. Wade does Cash App. Did you ask him? I think he's told me he doesn't do Cash App. Okay, so that's the reason why you didn't use Cash App. He's sitting next to me. I hand him the money. Because there would be a record in Cash App of your making payments, correct? Yes, but I didn't think that I was making a record in a personal relationship. Because when you're filing your, and and I know that I'm going to move into this uh, financial statement here. You were asked uh, just a second ago about your non-disclosure form or your, excuse me, your disclosure form of an Exhibit 21, where um, we agree that Mr. Wade is a prohibited source, correct? I don't. What I agree to is I don't believe he's giving me gifts. You would like to classify these trips as gifts, but I've always paid my fair share on these trips, so I did not look at them as gifts. I don't think that what this is disclosing, and they can tell me if they mean something different. I don't think it means that if you go to dinner with somebody over the course of a year and it gets to 100, you're supposed to report it. If my understanding of that is wrong, um, I've probably been to lunches with a couple of people that over the course of a year, they paid, I paid. Prohibited source means... We already went over this, Mr. Gillen. Mr. McDougall. Well, Your Honor, I have to... to uh, lay the foundation here before I can follow up with my uh, next question. I don't, I don't know why you, can't, you have to. Well, it's okay. already questions uh, have been made. Then, your two, uh, tw- uh, 2022 disclosure form did not list any of the thousands and thousands of dollars that Mr. Wade li- uh, paid for on trips that you were on. Yeah. Isn't that correct? That's because Mr. Wade was paid that money back or he was paid uh due to the fact that i bought the plane ticket or i paid for the hotel there, there was never money that he gave me but that wasn't the nature of our relationship you know there's so many men and mr wade is one of them where the nature of the relationship is they're just paying a woman the nature of our relationship is companionship and friendship despite the way people would like to paint certain women it's just not true final question and not a single solitary documentary piece of evidence showing that you have withdrawn the cash to pay all right thank you mr that's not accurate thank you okay mr mcculloch on behalf of mr floyd all right uh mr cromwell on behalf of Ms. latham great thing about becoming last your questions i have one question as well can you hear me yes sir in the time period between february 2021 January of 2022, while you were staying at the Yerdy Condom, did your father ever come and visit you during that time period at the Yerdy Condom? He did not. That's all I have. Thank you, Ron. Can we just talk about for one second what why it was so far away? Because there's 18 attorneys, 
on the defense uh, because of this is a RICO case. The entire audience behind the defense is all attorneys. Like, so they're all sitting in all the benches. <laughs> there's like, there's all, all of them, they're all there. And that's why they have to like keep rotating up. Uh, yes, Ab, go ahead. Okay. So <clears throat> this is coming from a banker. So it is a policy. It's called the Sunshine Act, where we are not allowed to accept gifts in the way of monetary. You cannot receive gifts like tickets to a concert, anything like that. It's against the law. Um, being a district attorney for the state of Georgia, that applies to this. You cannot tell me that she didn't, I mean, any of those, any things that she received constitutes as gifts. All of it. All right. Listen, I'll, I, I I can't, I can't, if, we, if, if we're stopping for a minute, like I've, I've got to lay this out. It's time to oh, show. Oh, we're done. We're done. It's, t- it's time to show the fuck up at Georgia, right? Like, to be honest, like everybody, everybody right now should be headed to Fulton County, right? Wherever this shit is happening. And like we, how how is this allowed to stand, right? They have brought they perp walked, mugshotted, fingerprinted, right? Eighteen freaking people for participating in the freaking government, by by what? By this fucking ghetto ass. Oh, and she was there. And her fucking yeah, she was there in a yellow suit. Are, Are you fucking kidding me, right? Seize her fucking devices right now. Where the fuck is anybody? Right? The, I, again, it's it's funny to listen to because it's such a fucking train wreck, but it's not actually funny at fucking It's not all. funny. Dustin, this is what I have been screaming for over a year now. That Georgia needs fucking help. And I'm so sick and tired of asking for it. You're exactly right and it pisses me off i i i mean i mean the, the, the this this case this wico case right you want to talk and maybe we need to start fucking stealing their language right it is an attack on our fucking democracy it's an attack on our ability to choose the candidate we want it is lawfare and color revolution and all of it tied in one perfect little bow by an incompetent fucking whore right and I'm, I, I will fucking stand by that statement till the day is long. An incompetent whore who was fucking the lead prosecutor she hired who then paid for her trips. She, she, she is so fucking arrogant. So fucking arrogant, right? That she not only, right, oh, well, I'm doing the bidding of the fucking globalists. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can hire the dude I'm fucking to fuck be the lead prosecutor and he can pay for my fucking trips to Belize and fucking the Caribbean and the fucking crew. Like just listening to the number of fucking trips they took together and the way she was being fucking evasive. If, if any of us did that, the judge would fucking annihilate us. Would fucking, if you went into a court and you were charged with fucking having weed or fucking something, Right, I felt trapped. Oh, the race card would be pulled if he at all. They would fucking annihilate you. Yes, and the race card if he at all pushed on her pandering because that's what she was doing. She was nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. 
Okay, that's why she told stories for the majority of her testimony. And if the judge pushed back in the least, he would be called a racist. Bet. No, no, and the the, the whole, I'm a woman, and I don't want to emasculate a black man. Fuck you, you fucking whore. Like, to be be honest, it's time to get fucking angry, or they are going to fucking enslave all of us. Right? If this is allowed to fucking stand, like, what in the ever-loving fuck? Like, how much more fucking evidence do we need before there's a fucking crowd outside the Fulton County fucking courthouse until they fucking lock this bitch up? Like, what fucking more do you fucking need to hear and see? Well, let's. I'll give you some more to hear and see. Are you ready? So, Cernovich pointed this out. I didn't hear this part of the testimony because I would have fig- pointed it out. But uh, apparently she said that she took out large amounts of money from her first campaign and kept that, quote unquote. Does she know what she just admitted here? Um, can anybody play a clip? Because I need to step out of my office for a minute. But if you guys could play a clip, I can send it to you. I would like to hear it because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy it. I've tried to remain like, you know, not, not, not get mad or whatever else and just, just try to analyze what I'm hearing and just destroy it on its face as I'm listening. But of course, I'm, I'm infuriated, too. I'm absolutely fucking angry. Like just the the, the mere, the sheer, just the sheer hubris that she had when she came to that stand to the point where they actually had to take a break, get scolded and basically came back and was essentially still evading questions. Like, like I, I don't. And I think she mentioned at one point there that at one point she supervised that judge. I'm pretty sure he, she said that. Well, Trash, I just want to point out that this bitch was never supposed to be there in the first place today. Okay, she was literally at her office or at her house watching her boy up there on the stand burn down. And she was like, oh, no. Right. And she literally comes running in the courtroom like a psychopath. And pretty much like, why are you here? Well, I thought I knew I was going to be called next. So I'm here now. And she's like going off on tangents. Right. And like. When you go, oh, she wanted that TV time. Jim. Yeah, and she wanted. And, and when you go in front of prosecutors and stuff like this, like when we did the, when we got subpoenaed by the J Six Committee, right? It was you only answer what you knew at that time. You don't like go off on tangents. You don't give more information. And she is just diarrhea at the mouth. And like, what is happening? That's what I was going to say. Trash, you can send me the clip if you want. I can play it. Just DM it. The idea that this case hasn't been thrown out right fucking now, right, tells you all that you fucking need to know about what the fuck is going on with the corruption in Georgia. And by the way, these are complaints that people who are fucking poor, right, have been making about the fucking justice system for a long fucking time about the fucking corruption, the way that the fucking prosecutors and the judges, it's one big fucking country club. And once they fuck, right, a prosecutor comes at you, the fucking judge is against you, the fucking system's against you, the fucking cops will fucking frame you, right? Our whole system is absolutely fucked. I don't know. Get ready, Jim. We're going to fucking Georgia. <laughs> Let's go. Just real quick, does anyone else think that... Um... I know like the arrogance that she was talking with and just kind of like the, you guys called it ghetto, just like really sassy kind of way she was talking. It almost kind of made the attorneys 
kind of fight it with kid gloves or anything. Like, I feel like it worked a little bit. Like, they kept apologizing well, while questioning her and stuff. Like, it, it was really off-putting to the audience, but, like, it seemed like it affected the people that were questioning her. So, so a good attorney would 100% while she's doing that allow her to keep doing that while looking like a person that was not eliciting that response. So I think that would be a measured appropriate response for an attorney to act like I'm handling it with kid gloves. Cause I, I, I listened for it too. I listened for it too. Uh, Miss merchant was talking and she, well, woman to woman merchant didn't really back off, but that was a whole little petty thing between those two. But like even the other, like the other male attorneys after Miss merchant, I think that they did that on purpose for her like basically you know sun tzu you know never get in the way of your of your enemy making a mistake and and so if she was going to keep on she wasn't just snapping at them she was snapping at the judge she was just being completely combative they actually had to take a five minute recess and like the judge probably scolded her because the look on her face when they came back and she was still a little sassy she was pissed off but like remember this is in the same motion as her basically barreling into court and and saying and she thought that she naturally was next. Miss Merchant asked, well, well uh, did you believe that you were next? She's like, I just, that's a natural conclusion. So I'm here. And, and we're like, okay. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't know that it made them push back. I think that they allowed her to just make a fool of herself. So that's my take on it. Well, I, I, listen, I, I get the point though, right? To be, to be honest, right? I, 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 I almost pilot, I thought, it left a lot to be desired as far as like the, the, the I get that the lawyers have to be lawyers, right? To, to some level, but what in the absolute fuck did we just listen to? Like for real, like for real, like that, that, and, and right. That there's gotta be a point where we set aside the like calm, rational, like, Oh, okie dokie. Well, <laughs> that was funny. No, fuck this shit. Fuck all these prosecutors everywhere. I'm running, well, for, I'm running he, for president to, on a platform to put all fucking attorneys in fucking jail. Let's fuck well, all these people. Dustin, you got to hear the boyfriend's testimony because that's what got her running up into the courtroom. Okay? That's why she showed oh, up. He was a train yes. wreck. That's why she showed up. He threw that beach under the bus. And it was so freaking funny. Oh, my gosh. I was like, no. Oh, yeah. And he perjured himself on the sandwich. I was just like, ah. I don't live far from the Fulton Courthouse. If I saw something like that and they were talking about me, I would have driven down there, too. Like, it, it, she that's, was in damage control mode. Wait, so that's why she was like, oh, he, he couldn't even get it up. Like, what the fuck were we listening to? It was bad. Bad, but bad. again, she used that again. Like she she played into the, you know, he used to have cancer thing so much. And that's another thing that every time she did that, they seemed to back off of her. Like, I don't know. She kind of seemed like she outlawed them, even though there God, there was so much stuff they could have could have gotten her for. And they, I think they were trying to kind of be almost like hush hush and be like, all right, keep talking. That's fine. Well, just. And real going. quick, Kim, I'm going to come to you. I want to hear this clip. But I just want to remind people there was not a single um, production of evidence that can refute any of the claims that were offered by all the defense attorneys. It was just, well, because I said so. Or I did cash. Well, you're going to give us your bank records where you pulled that money out? Nope. Okay. So, the, I, again, yes, it was a clown show. And I'm here for it. I'm here for the drama, the entertainment value of it. 
I also wanted to analyze kind of where the where they were going to understand what they actually had. Right. Because a good attorney never asks a question they don't already know the answer to. So I was trying to do some analysis on where they were headed to see what they have. And it seems to be that they have contradictory or contra, evidence to the contrary of any of the claims that she's making here. And there was not a single refutation of any of the facts that were presented as evidence that, that in fact, they worked in collusion. They went on lavish trips and that basically she was with him spending a bunch of money that they were getting from this from this uh, from Fulton County. And that's what I was looking for. And I didn't see it at all between both uh, before both witnesses today. So, so Trash, I, I think you say that even though, you know, there's a bit of a circus, you know, during the during the testimony that they were able to get those facts on the record, you know, despite all that. Exactly. That, enough was, of the, that on the record. That's my point. It was on the record and it was boring and dumb. And I understand why Dustin's pissed, but I, they had to do it. I didn't think it was boring. I watched the whole damn thing in my office today. Oh, my gosh. It was. Well, must be TV. Oh, my. God. All right. Yes, and her outfit. Okay, <laughs> ladies, I can't. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. She's right, never Kim. been the best dressed lawyer. No. No. Let, all right, Kim. Let's. But there's a thing called push-up bras and spanks. That's it. <laughs> I had to get it out. It's out. I'm done. Okay. All right, I'll be quiet. All right, Kim. I want to hear what she's. Ta- I want to hear her basically open up herself to campaign FEC violations. All right, here we go. But I always have cash at the house. That has been. I don't know, all my life. If you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have $200 in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. So I keep cash in my house, and I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, I don't go on many dates, but when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? If it didn't came out of the bank. Cash is uh, fungible. I had cash for years in my house. So for me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today as I Get that shit and go viral with it, Aaron. Back up now. You just put money in. It's a very good practice. I would advise it to all women. But you can't identify when you came into this house or where the cash came from. I didn't say I couldn't identify it. No, nobody gives me anything. I am sure that the source of the money is always the work, sweat, and tears of me. What you asked me for is, when did the money go in there? What I am trying to tell you is, so I got divorced in 2005 from my husband. And, and no, 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 it's important. You said, where did the money come from? And I need to tell you where the money came from. And so for many, many years, I have kept money in my house. That money in my worst days has probably only been $500 or $1,000. At my best days, I probably had $15,000 in my house of cash. At all times, there's going to be cash in my house or wherever I'm laying my head. The money that you paid, Mr. Wade, the cash in October of 2022, you do not know where that money came from. I do know where it came from. It came from my sweat and tears. You know which job it came from. Did it come from Fulton County or did it come from a private job? It came from, I don't, I'm not a, what are you talking about? So it could have come from a private job because before I was DA, I was in private practice. So I earned money during that time period. It's probably in there. You it could have. Yikes. <sighs> yeah. So uh, is that what yeah, she put on her tax returns? Uh, sweat and tears? Yes. And struggle. 
clearly uh, said campaign money. So yeah, no, she and grinding. She clearly did. She clearly did, and that's a serious issue. Now, uh, I think Shipley has a good take on this shipwrecked. I think he's got a good take on why the judge, because a lot of people are saying, oh, this judge is in the bag for her and blah, 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 blah. But I would say that Ship has been in, in, in a lot. Would we all agree that Shipwreck has been in a lot of adversarial courts over the last few years? Yeah. Okay. So listen to this take. I think it's very important to note. As a general proposition, when a judge is inclined to rule against a particular participant, that judge allows the participant to pretty much say anything and everything he or she wants. It's called protecting the record. What that does is cut off the losing party from being able to claim, quote, you didn't give me a chance to say everything I wanted to say, blah, blah, blah. All it really does is eat up time, but the extra time spent in the hearing is a small fraction of what would be required if the judge was reversed and the matter had to be done over again. I suspect that if Judge McAfee was one of the, uh, of the opinion that Willis's conduct was simply just unprofessional and unethical, but not disqualifying, taking the worst case spin on everything presented by the defendants, he would not be allowing his grind to his, he would not allow this to grind on with Willis on the stand, but to let her say everything that she wants to say, he has let the questioning continue. I think it's a, I mean, if there's anybody that has experience in adversarial courts over the last few years, it'd be Ship. I mean, he's, he's, he's been defending a, a bulk of the January 6th defendants in one of the most adversarial court systems we've ever seen. So uh, yeah, that's actually a great take. I thought the judge, just with watching his body language and how he reacted with the attorney, Shelby, and um, with Nathan, with Fanny, I thought he was very much what Ship described here. I thought that he was almost that his mind had already been made up in our favor, if that makes sense. Like, let them eat their own. Just let her go. Well, the fact that Cernovich pointed out, because he has a much larger platform and reach than, than me, uh, the fact that he was able to point this out, and it's already at 12,000 likes, it's, it's already going viral. Um, I would hope, I would hope to see some additional investigations be launched off of that comment. Because here's what's going to happen now. If that's the case, that's going to require like deep analysis, forensic audit of, of financials. And I suspect... They're going to dig up everything that's going to be corrupt about this. And this could actually turn into a very, very serious problem for her, not for us, but for her. But more importantly, this case, that there seems to be a complete financial and political motive behind this case against Donald Trump. And it's not on the merits. It was on a self-serving basis that she brought this forth in the courts <clears throat> against Donald Trump. And it had everything to do with politics and, and, a, and a personal financial gain. And I think that she has completely highlighted that here. She has not refuted any of that. And all she's done is made a lot of noise. And I think Shipley's analysis is accurate. And I, that's where I see this going. But you know what? I don't know. It's 2024 and shit's been wild in this country. So I have no idea. So I do have the exact quote. It's um, I took out or I kept a large amount of money from my campaign. What, what's the exact From quote? my first campaign. Yeah. Kimberly, you just play it the first minute. Stand by. Yeah, that's that's the money quote right there. Let me pick it up. We have cash at the house. That has been, I don't know, all my life. If you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have two hundred dollars in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. So I keep cash in my house, 
and I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, I don't go on many dates, but when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? If it had cash came out of the bank. Cash is uh, fungible. We've had cash for years in my house. So for me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you... I took out a large portion. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept a large portion of it. Wow. She going to jail for a long time for that one. I mean, that's the trash's point. That's why you that's why you let him speak. It might sound like filibustering to us, but you know, get it again. She marched her happy ass down there. Nobody told her she needed to get up on the stands. She is just wrecking herself. Right. That's why I don't feel bad for her. You're a DA. You should know better. Right. If any simpleton like us who didn't go to law school knows that's not what you're supposed to do in a court of law. Well, what the hell is your excuse? Right. Like you're offering up this information. No one wanted to go into your sex life, but you brought it up how many times? And they told you that wasn't appropriate for the courtroom. Oh, and you wanted to throw your boy under the bus. And you left his his mama in like Aruba or something. Like, oh, Lord. And what did she say? Oh, she was so mad. She was so she mad. She was so mad. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. We don't, we don't, okay. Well, and, Sorry, and mom. to Dustin's point, we went to Belize. We went here. Like, it's that freaking Animaniac song. Like, can you pick out where Fanny Willis traveled with her boy? Like, oh my God. Uh, Trash has that song on his favorites go-to <laughs> because I, the, I use that as Joe Biden's State of the Union, I think, was that, Aaron? So, and he's like, oh, yo, I got it right here. So, yes, you're exactly right. Sorry, I, I came late. Did you guys hear the part where she was asking them where Belize is? Like yeah, she didn't know what continent she goes, and y'all, and don't don't think I'm ignorant, but I don't even know what continent that's on. <laughs> don't stop believing. <laughs> oh, stop! Oh, please make that. Oh man, they sing that so, to you at the airport in Belize. I'm 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 out on the Twitterverse right now while we're talking, and I've seen that clip being shared by Post Millennial. By many other people with you know platforms like ours, uh, Cernovich. I'm seeing everyone pick up on it. This is at, oh yeah, post millennials got it. Who else has got it? Everybody's got it. It's it's going. But again, I'd like to reiterate, what we heard was just a bunch of her going on and on and on and acting adversarial and being completely pissed off. But I heard zero refutation of any of the evidence. None. Instead, I heard that, oh, maybe I got cash at Publix. Maybe I got cash from here. I put away a bunch of cash from my first campaign. I always keep cash, but don't tell my daddy that I don't have enough. Um, I brought $4,000 to Belize, the same Belize that, Nathan, uh, that she was talking about how his mother, Nathan Wade's mother, was not happy. Therefore, they just left her, left her there. Uh, the same Belize that she brought four grand to give to him for $2,500 obviously for reimbursement on his business uh, credit card, because that's where the funds from Fulton County in this investigation were being sent, a la the entire crux of the case. And they say, okay, 
okay, so you gave him 2500 and you have all this cash. Can you give me any bank records to show where you withdrew this money? Oh, no, it's just like cash that, you know, I had around and this and that and the other. Are you going to give us bank records? No. Oh, okay. All right. That's essentially what just happened here. So not only is she losing this on her, on his face, not only is what I believe in Shipley saying here is correct, that the judge is protecting the record so he doesn't have to deal with all the headache of anything on appeal because the person didn't have enough time to say anything that they wanted to say, and that now she's she's going to be facing uh, campaign finance uh, charges, most likely, I would imagine, because there's going to be way too much pressure for her not to. And the fact that she wasn't even supposed to be testifying today and she bust up in that court because Nathan Wade not only threw her under the bus, but completely wrecked both their cases in his in his testimony this morning. It's quite, quite, quite the spectacle to watch, guys. So what's Wait, the trash, timeline can we, for the... Can we watch his test or can we listen to his testimony? Do you have a clip? I can... I can gather some goodies. Give me like three minutes. So I was going to ask, what's, yeah, what's the timeline for um actually getting an investigation to funny anywhere? You know, like, would that affect the, the Trump trial? Because, like, we want her disqualified, but if she's not disqualified and we're just waiting for campaign finance, like, that's I think something she, that could drag out. Well, based on, based on the rules of ethics and regulation, she's already violating that without even the campaign violation, finance violation. And this hearing is an evidentiary hearing of that challenge that was submitted before the court. So the court is going to have to decide already uh, what the next course of action is going to be. So minus even having a further investigation into campaign finance, she's already at that point. That's the point I was kind of trying to make between Wade and him that they're all they're already cooked and they know it. I will. I will say about the Nathan Wade testimony you won't be able to fully appreciate it unless you watch it for the facial expressions. 100% agree with that. They're, they're golden. I even took a screenshot of it and I'm using it for every single troll now. I shall post it in the purple pill. You're welcome. The meme I made with the feathers? Yes, sorry. I was already posting. Yes. I just came across a clip. Betty Johnson, Fannie Willis suddenly melts down, accuses cross-examining attorney of racism. I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Do you understand? <laughs> All right. I'll be right back. She All right, uh, so much, so much information. I mean, there is so much to unpack there. All right, Rick, jump in here. Yeah, I just want to say when I, I ran for office four different times, uh, the first one I didn't win, the second two I did, and then the third one I ran for Congress won the primary, U.S. Congress. But anyway, she may have a legal or a right to take that money out of her account because in a campaign you can loan yourself money, and then if you have any left over, you are and can take it out of the account. I don't like her. I think she's a corrupt crook and needs to be kicked out of office, but I just wanted you to know that before y'all go posting something and people may not believe everything you're saying just because of that one clip. But uh, my understanding in my campaign, where I loaned myself like 50 grand in my campaign, and if I had any left over, I could take it out, and I did. Uh, so I just want to be clear on that part. So it may not be as sinister as y'all thinking at the moment, but it could be. So that's something to look into. Thanks. Uh, 
and I'll park my truck. Bubble bursted. Thanks for that, Rick. Uh, Patriot, jump in here. Hey guys, thank you guys very much for bringing me up. I, I truly do appreciate it. I uh, real quickly, I had a an account and had about a thousand followers, and I got my account locked for posting a song from 1985 because somebody got butt hurt over the song. So I appreciate it. I don't have my blue check anymore. Um, I gotta say, Dustin, uh, I am 100% with you, man. I am with everything that I've seen. That the the miscarriage of justice with J6 is. Like, I'm intrinsically involved with a lot of the men that are in jail right now. And uh, I cannot believe the things that I'm hearing from this. God, I don't want to. <laughs> like, this bitch's mouth. I, I, I'm sorry, ladies. I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but fuck it. I, I am I am almost nuclear over this. I mean, every, the, we, we are literally living in a banana republic right now. Uh, I... You know, I I have friends that are doing 22 years in jail for not even being in the state, and this woman is just she she is the epitome of the problem with the left. It is all about the left can get away with anything they want and do whatever they can to silence us. Um, I am being very, very, very calm right now. Cause normally I'm in Nelson space and I'm not that calm. So, um, I, this is a chill, this is a chill ish room. So I, I do appreciate it, but I am somebody that would, it, like I said, I echo what Dustin said. I want to, to get a bunch of people together and go down there and just be like, Rawr! but you see what happens. You saw what happens. We have a psychotic president who is gloating about the fact that he got 800 years for the January 6th. I mean, who does that? What, what, what kind of an evil human being does that? That's just, and then, you know, you got a 68 year old grandmother who's been in jail because she sat on the steps. You got somebody like Owen Schroyer who did five months because he was out there being a reporter. You got Jacob Chansley who got five years in jail for thanking the cops for opening up the door for him, praying, and then coming outside and going on a megaphone saying that, hey, President Trump just tweeted, no violence, everybody go home, everybody chill out, and this dude got five years in jail. You got somebody like Enrique Tarrio who got 22 years in jail and wasn't even in the state. And then this woman, this thing, this... <clears throat> God, I'm, I'm trying so hard guys. It's, it's really hard for me sometimes, but you, you, you got this thing. Who's just blatantly, blatantly violating the rule of law. And she's going to skate. I'm sorry. I, I sound like I'm blackpilled. I really, I, I, I hate that I am blackpilled, but nothing's going to come of this. I, I guarantee nothing's going to come of this. I, I just, they're, they're, they're all out for one another. They're all out. They have each other's backs. And unfortunately, it's, you know, I was in a space the other night and I, and I said like this because everybody was like, well, why aren't we standing up to do something about it? Why aren't we standing up to do something about it? Well, when we did, unfortunately, there's how many people in jail right now? J6 pretty much shut everybody up. And... It's a shame. It's a travesty. Listen, I, I had my life fucking wrecked over it. And you know what? I'm fucking done allowing that to be an, an excuse 
not right. And if there has to be fucking more sacrifice, right? At, at least we're not in a kinetic war, which is what's coming, right? Which is you, you we, we can either step up and fucking actually show that we're not a bunch of fucking roll over fucking pussies, right? And get back to organizing and doing shit despite the fact that there are risks involved, right? Or we could just fucking wait until they show up and start fucking rounding us up and killing us. Because that's the only fucking possible outcome for a government that, that is this tyrannical in history. I, I, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even joking, Jen. Get fucking ready. We're going to fucking Georgia. Are you taking the Honda Civic? Of course I'm taking the Honda Civic. <laughs> I'll take my bike. Well, Trash, what do you what do you want to do here? Wait, Bumble has his hand up. You got a few more minutes. Bumble, go ahead. Oh no, I just wanted to add. I was home watching the whole thing, and I can't believe she spent the whole day uh, under grueling cross examination or, or examination or whatever. And she still didn't produce her OnlyFans receipts. <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah, my mic was on. A couple clips, if you want to play them, I've got uh, I've got the one uh, where he talks about traveling with with Fanny as a task, and the next one is he lied under oath. Wade directly contradicted earlier testimony that his relationship with Fulton County DA Fanny Willis began in 2019. Then by testifying that it began in 2022. I will play them in order. Let me say this. Let's take the Belize trip, for example, since we started there. That was a birthday gift to me, so I paid nothing for that trip. Zero. Okay. So the, the charges that are on your card, she gave you cash for? She did. Okay. So all of the charges... Oh, did you have one? I did. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to get into the, the charges on the, the card because so traveling with her um, is, is, a, is a task. You can probably imagine the attention that, that happens. So for safety reasons, um, she would limit her transactions. Um, I mean, imagine trying to walk through an airport or sit at a restaurant or do anything. Um, so th there was no, there's no attempt to con conceal. It's a credit card. Everything is here. So. And, and that's not what I asked. Okay. Um, what I asked was the charges for Belize in March 2023 on that credit card. Those are things she purchased to go with Miss with Miss Willis to Belize. Those are, those are things that we booked with my card that yes. she paid. Yes. Yes. When did your romantic relationship with Miss Willis begin? 2022. When? 2022. Early 2022. So you were appointed in November of 2021? Yes, ma'am. And your relationship started early. What's early? January? February? Around March. Around March. But you two met at an October 2019 um, judicial conference, correct? Yes, ma'am. That testimony directly contradicts 
earlier testimony from one of Willis's former good friends who said the relationship began well before Wade testified it did and predated his hearing by the DA. Um, you have no doubt that their romantic relationship was in effect from 2019 until the last time you spoke with her. No uh, doubt. Did you observe them do things that are uh, common among people having a romantic relationship? Yes. Such as, can you give us an example? Hugging, kissing, with affection. All, of, all before November 1st of 2021, correct? Yes. Yikes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's also why they were asking funny questions, Fanny, Fanny questions that, because they were trying to figure out, they were trying to figure out uh, who lied going back to his testimony. So that should be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, Savvy, go ahead and then we'll go to Lucas and Rick. Yeah, I think it's quite telling. So <clears throat> when you're in a romantic relationship with somebody, and this is speculation on my part, and you work with that person, you're going to tell the court, you're going to, and both of them are going to swear under oath that they did not have discussions, any discussions about money, about employment, about this case, or about how they were going to answer questions given to them by attorneys, that is a load of baloney. Oh, it's worse. So apparently, I missed this today. I didn't even know what happened. Apparently, by the gentleman by the name of Terrence Bradley uh, actually testified in court today that the National Bar Association gave legal advice on how not to answer questions on Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. Yes, he was the first one to testify. And then they let him, they let him adjourn to bring in the subletter of the apartment. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, the condo. Yeah. Well, Kim, I played you, I sent you that clip because I have not heard it. Will you play that, please? Yes, sir. When did your romantic relationship with Miss Willis begin? 2022. When? 2022. Not that one, silly. Refer to what I was told by the bar. They rule 1.6, the confidentiality applies. And that I would be asking for an immediate review by the Supreme Court. Sure, but applies to what? Any communication is what the person at the bar told us. Any communications? So like he did. He did not qualify to Mr. Wade. That's covered. Well, Judge, I, I don't know. Um, he didn't go into those specifics, um, but this is what was told. I was sitting there uh, with my attorneys, referred to what I was told by the bar. They rule one point six. The confidentiality applies, and that I would be asking for an immediate review by the Supreme Court, but applies to what? Any communication is what the person at the bar told us. Any communications? So like he did He did not qualify to Mr. Wade. That's covered. Well, Judge, I, I don't know. That's, uh, that's actually pretty damning, number one. Um, number two, what is the Bar Association doing 
uh, telling people how they should be testifying or not should be testifying in court. And number three, good on him for saying, well, this is just what they told me and putting it on, on, on public record. Man, dude, this is dirty. I've been saying for months now, why are we not going after the Bar Association? Because they're doing all this stuff with like Norm Eisen and all these guys. Mark, Marcus Elias or whatever. Uh, 65 Project crew. Yes. Yeah. Especially the 65 Project. Um, going along with violations for representing um, a current sitting president in election challenges. That's a, that's a, a violation of the bar. You know, whether you like Jenna Ellis or not, that's what they went after her for. And all the attorneys that are representing people in January 6th, they went after them trying to get them to disbarred. Hell, the attorney out here in Arizona, Maricopa County, that represented Carrie Lake in these challenges, they went after her. They went after him. Um, the, and bar then the bar prepping? That's, that's like they're prepping them. That's crazy. Yeah. And his argument was he needed to know how to answer so he wouldn't lose his law license. Yeah, apparently testifying in public is making. <laughs> yeah, so that's what happened. Go ahead, Lucas. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to tell Dustin if you if you go to the courthouse, get a bullhorn, bullhorn, and yell nullification. You know the the advocates of our adversarial system have turned it into an inquisitorial system by denying juries the knowledge that they are the ones who hold the power, and it you a jury nullification used to be uh, a redress to bad laws written in this country and Marbury versus Ma Madison, the concept of judicial review and starry decisis is all absolute bullshit. And it is not American, and it's not adversarial. Oh, I'm all about jury nullification. I mean, I've been saying that literally since the Trump shit started coming down, right? Specifically with the Georgia case, right? You, you mean tell me you're going to be able to sit a jury in Georgia that's going to look at this bullshit and be like, oh, yeah, no, fuck it. Rico totally, ma totally makes sense. Well, the question is, right? Are, do they have new tools and abilities, right, to use AI to filter out potential jury pools, right, to rig that shit too? Like, I, I, I this system's so fucked, so fucking broken and horseshit that, like, I give zero credit to any of it. And frankly, I, I, I don't, I'm at all the way declaration of independence mode, right? When the usurpations become unbearable and fucking, right, act against the people constantly. Well, what the fuck are we living through right fucking now? This government is so corrupt, so fucking active. All right, let's send another 70 billion to fucking the cokeheads in fucking Ukraine. Fuck it. Fuck it. Oh, yeah, no, go arrest a bunch of people because they fucking participate in the election uh, 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 for, the, for, for, for the guy you didn't like. Fuck it. Fuck it. Block them up. Fuck it. The J6, all of it. Fuck these fucking people. Fuck them. gonna be quiet before I get in more in trouble with Jen and fucking Jim in the van but fuck you and your wife fucking midget banging fuck face all of you go fuck yourself I don't give a fuck so Dustin is in a great mood Gl glad to see it this is the this and is his therapy let him get it out let him get it out Dustin all right
We appreciate well, it. So, we're, we're coming to see you, Sammy. I'm not even joking. I will fucking park this let's go. outside no, I the got, courthouse. I got... And I will play fucking Don't Stop Believing <laughs> fucking day in okay, and day out. Okay, that is the funniest fuck. thing I've heard. Y'all come in. You, my door's open. Y'all, I'll DM you my address. Hey, me and Savvy got boots on the ground right now. Just tell us what to That's do. Right. Go. On the ground That's right. That's right. Now. All right. So, Kim, can I ask real quick? Know. My God. No, Rick, please wait. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. Anyway, I just want to put a button up. You guys can talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about while this space stays open, but I'm just going to button up the entire day with this last clip that I just sent Kimberly. And the crux is this. They have no evidence, no proof to counter any of the claims. They can just yell liar at the attorneys all they want. They can shake papers and snap at judges. They can do all these things. But at the end of the day, this next clip, they, they are not able to support their own testimony or refute the allegations made by the defense. And this clip, I believe, says it all. Kim, go ahead and take it away, and then you guys can talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. So your office objected to us getting um, Delta records for flights that you may have taken with Mr. Wade. Well, no, no, no. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So, so your office objected to us getting um, Delta. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Can you play that one more time, Kim? Like, this is the end of it. This should be the end of it. So your office objected to us getting um, Delta records for flights that you may have taken with Mr. Wade. Well, no, no, no. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. So, so your office. That's it. I'm, I'm just. That's it. So that is the crux of the testimony here today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. There is no refuting of the allegations. There's just ad hom attacks and accusations of lying or being too intrusive. They're not on trial. Well, miss, I hate to inform you, but you are a witness on the stand uh, and are having to defend allegations of misconduct as in an official capacity, including taking advantage of the taxpayer dollars in Fulton County via hiring your boyfriend as a, as the lead prosecutor in a case against the president of the United States. And you simply make the point that not only are they not allowed to see the records that, re that refute any of these allegations, but that also uh, the president is on trial and that's all that matters. You're, you're done. It's, it's over. That's it. Yeah, Rick, go ahead. Yeah, I was talking earlier about her uh, giving money to her campaign and she can legally take it out. But there's one thing, if she never, it would show up on her record report that she has to file. So it may be online. If not, you go to the county where she filed her election paperwork at. And if there's no contribution to her own campaign, she's busted because that's other people's money she would be taking. So somebody, I'm not... I don't know that county, but you may there that county may have it online. If you do, that would be a great thing to post up tonight. So I just thought I'd bring that out. Thanks.
I'm looking at that right now. And I'm not, I was just about to ask that question, if that was something that she had to disclose, because she said um, that she had, that she contributed like 50,000 of her own money to her campaign. Um, yeah, it would be under a loan. She would loan her money to herself is how it should and, be showing up. So I was just looking at that online and I can uh, post the link to her funds. And I didn't know if she would have to post that as well. Um, but I am not seeing any disclosure like that whatsoever. Oh, and apparently she winked at either Nathan Wade or her attorneys. Anyway, but yeah, you guys can keep on or maybe we can close it down. I'm not sure. Oh, no, she's can I the whole thing with a wink. That's how I knew it was about to be a shit show. I'd like to ask a question before. of the panel, if I could. Um, because I was trying to look it up and I could not find anything in our dear um, censored internet. Uh, are there, is it possible for a jury, jury foreman, to call the advocates into contempt? I mean, that would be a beautiful thing. As I sat there listening to the judge interfere with the, with the, uh, the, the cross examination of, of who, whatever, um, I just couldn't believe, uh, I could not believe that his, I could not believe the audacity. Uh, of his insertions in that. And if I was on the jury, I would have been livid with rage. Was the, is the jury even seated yet? I think this, this was some procedural type hearing. I don't know. That that I believe was this was just an evidentiary yeah. hearing. Correct. So it's going to move forward. Uh, today was supposed to be just the discussion of the nature of the relationship between the two. The judge kept cutting people off because, and I understood why, because he explained it. He was like, look, 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 there's going to be time for this on this specific instance and this specific argument. We need to be very, very specific about just the nature of the relationship between the two and any kind of financial questions. That, so that's what they're doing today. It was just an evidentiary hearing. I'm assuming it's going to move forward. But uh, anyway, savvy. Yeah, um, tomorrow, actually, let's see, recess until tomorrow at 9. Fanny will be cross-examined and then back in the hot seat for redirect. The state says they'll have three to four witnesses and will take about four to five hours. So, there's that for tomorrow. Okay, I'm in. Well, guys, uh, we've been going for almost five hours now, four hours or so. Maybe it's probably about time we wrap it up. What do you think? I think so, especially if we get five more hours of Fanny tomorrow. I mean, this is what? just the gift that keeps on giving. Oh my God, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I am putting out of office, do not disturb on my office tomorrow. Best believe that. Trust and believe. <laughs> and did we talk? Okay, real quick. I'm sorry, but when she referenced a thousand dollars as a G. I don't know if y'all talked about that because I was too busy making videos and posts about that. that. What the hell? She did. Oh, yo, she's like, yeah, it's a G. Or if I if he's gonna spot me a G or something, I'm like, really? That's really. You got all. Oh, you got. She's like, listen, I had about. Kilo. Front me a yeah, kilo. She, Let's fucking. She's go. like, yo, I mean, it's like when you guys went to Belize. Yeah, I had about four. I had about four or so. For what? Yeah. <laughs> Four thousand. Oh. Like, Why does the whole country have like, to see we're like this? This is this is so disappointing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what this reminds me of, y'all? Whenever they interview anyone from the South on the news, 
they get the most just wrecked people. This was a national display of that today. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, help us. All Being a lifelong Georgian, okay, lifelong. We don't all act like that. I promise. Not at all. But we know plenty of people that do. Word. Hey, I'm right here, you guys. Like, I fucking act ghetto like that all the fucking time. Oh, I do too. Like, but like, I mean, it's unbecoming, Dustin, right? Of like I, a district I, attorney I, in court. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. I also, I avoid court like the plague, right? The only way I end up in court usually is when I'm in handcuffs. Just saying. This is wild. All right, guys. Well, we're probably going to pick up coverage again on this tomorrow, especially if uh, 